You're listening to The Cannabis Agenda, your weekly source for cannabis-related news and informed discussion. We podcast for an hour every Monday covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market-related information. You can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com. And now, your hosts, Jamie Cass and Mark Green. Hey. <laughs> You're back. You made it back from Kent, Sca- Kent State without I'm getting shot. Back in the saddle. Yes, I'm back. I made it. I survived that incre- incredible weekend. It was an amazing weekend. We had a great time. It was fun. You guys did a great job um, without me. It kind of hurt my feelings. You guys could do that good, and I'm not even involved. Oh, <laughs> you were am I still you, needed. You were involved. Yeah, you're needed. Oh, yeah, today. I was. I was. I was involved. <laughs> you're Wasn't it hilarious? The, some of the some of the tones in our in our voices because we were. We were doing one of those interviews, especially the guy from Ohio, the the representative uh, Yuko from Ohio. Great guy, by the way. But uh, he he goes, yeah, sure, Jamie, let's step over here to the corner where we're out of people. You know, we won't disturb anybody. And it was great while the while it started. You know, while, for the first like I don't know three quarters of the way through, and then all of a sudden they started up a whole new session, and they had like the dean of students of the of Kent State University and all these important people there talking, and we, we started getting quieter and quieter and quieter <laughs> it was kind of funny but yeah we had a great time we did got a few good interviews it was cool yeah yeah uh i'm glad you were there man it was a mm-hmm. interesting way of plugging it all on the show um seemed, seemed to work out good um yeah did you uh did you make some good contacts though too some good good new we friends did. we did stuff? make some great contacts we actually made some great contacts from illinois um it was students for sensible drug policy the midwestern conference for that uh, organization and and we found ssdp uh, chapters from illinois it seemed to to most of us that we had the most chapters of any state that was there not that we were the best or you know better than any other state we're all there together you know in a, in a joint effort but it, we just happened to have just a ton of different um chapters there so it was really cool that we could get together and start organizing and trying to, you know, keep communication open between us all and kind of, you know, I don't know, do our create new efforts in conjunction with, uh, you know, using all of our resources. It works better that way. Yeah. You sound energized. That's good. I'm energized. I got a sick cold. It's the most horrendous cold ever, but the show must go on. So I decided I'll show up and talk about some important stuff. Um, got a live studio audience here. Yeah. Sweet. We got one here too. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, they're rowdy. (laughs) (laughs) Rowdy group. (laughs) So we want to welcome everybody to the Cannabis Agenda. Um, It's great to be back. It's great to have you all back. Thanks for uh, tuning us in again. Um, You want to tell people what we do? What do we do? I got something here that says activistainment. That's what we do. It's activistainment. <laughs> That's what we do. I figured out that word. It's, it's my word, by the way. Can I you, coined that. Can you explain that one? Uh, well, it's activism, but it's entertainment as well. I mean, we, we, we wanted to do this show um, with an uh, objective bent and towards some sort of purpose. I mean, we don't, we're not averse to the idea of giggling your ass off and falling off the couch and, you know, then laughing more at that idiot, idiocy. But, you know, we didn't want a show just, just simply based on that. And a lot of programs seem to be. We wanted to have a, a, some sort of purpose, you know. And, and in that sense, we do promote people to, to um, engage in, in constructive sorts of activism for these causes that they care about. You know, like the a great example are the interviews that I did last week. Um, both of those uh, were, were great examples. One of them, the representative from Ohio, he didn't know anything about this issue. 
and a grassroots person that knew came and, and communicated with him and started him on the road to, uh, I guess, kind of enlightenment, if you will, and uh, really informed him about all these things. And he started getting hungry for more information and started, you know, getting kind of, uh, I don't know, adjusting to the truth. And now he's now he's putting medical cannabis legislation through in their state over and over and over again. And he said, it's it's not really huge yet, but he's going to keep doing it until they keep pushing on. So I mean, that's the type of things we do. But you know, we we have fun on the show. We do some things that aren't necessarily all about business. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> um, we're we're also openly advocates of drug policy um, reform. Um, Absolutely. I mean, there's no no doubt about it. We can't can't even try and, and pretend like we're not. We are very bent towards that. But uh, we do like to uh, kind of separate fact from fiction as much as possible and um, try and spread the truth. Um, Jamie, you said it one time before, once once someone learns the truth, they can't really turn away from it. And uh, in this issue, that's that's basically what we're doing is um, is trying to spread the spread the word about the need in this country for drug policy reform specifically within uh, cannabis so um, we definitely are on kind of bit towards that tip but um, for all of you that are there as well it's 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 uh, it's you know it's a good thing and um, it's a good thing to have you all here we appreciate all the participation we've got we've it's been growing Mm. weekly since we started this project and uh, yeah we've this show has evolved Um, we're getting close to 40 episodes now I think this is episode 39 so um, it's changed a lot our formats kind of dialed in we didn't really have a format when we first started for any of you that have actually listened it's organic yeah that's our that is basically our uh our motto here because it is because we're learning how to do this as we go um it's a lot of fun um but your participation and knowing that all you guys are out there listening and uh and helping us evolve is uh really what makes this uh worth the while so um Keep listening. Keep uh, spreading the word to your friends. Um, you can uh, check us out at CannabisAgenda.com um, or email us anytime. Questions, comments, criticism, whatever. Info at CannabisAgenda.com. Give us a call, 707-654-CAN-2266. Um, you can leave a message anytime you want. Um, if you know anyone that you think we should talk to on air, please shoot us that, uh, that information. Um, Thank you. What's up on iTunes? We're, we're doing better on iTunes, right? Yeah, we Rocky. got a couple of new reviews on there, and uh, we're getting some hits for the the word marijuana. Yep, not just cannabis. That was a great move. What a simple thing to do, and it was so smart. It it kind of sucks. It took us as long as it did to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, seriously, we had this. We had that issue for a long time before we figured it out. Um, and I guess it wasn't we. It was Matt. We didn't yeah. figure it out. That's like the royal we, what, right? Yeah. I, I think the fact that we named the episode "Marijuana, Marijuana, Marijuana" is probably even more <laughs> instrumental. And the yeah. election yeah. that uh, and the election at the same time that was that was a big week. Oh yeah, it was a big mm-hmm. week. We were buried under the term marijuana. But you can check us out on iTunes. You can search for us now. You can find us pretty easily just with the podcast search of cannabis or marijuana. Um, and also you can search the cannabis agenda or cannabis agenda. Please leave us reviews. If you don't mind using the word marijuana in your review, we would appreciate it. Um, and, uh, we still, we're still streaming, right? Yeah. The, what the most recent four episodes? No, it's like a a month ago is for most recent four episodes. Oh, you sound real. (laughs) 
<laughs> you're like, you're like, why, why do you have to mention that again? <laughs> well, you could have cut it out of the notes here, and I would have probably forgot. That's but, true. You know, what's uh, what do we got on the show today, Jamie? What, what's what kind of what kind of news do we have? Oh, there's all kind of stuff going on. Um, some California cities are bringing cannabis growing into the light. Um, they're trying to make some uh, changes. Oakland and a few uh, other Northern California um, cities are trying to make some changes regardless of the outcome of Prop 19. Um, National Spotlight uh, sitting judge in, in Puerto Rico says, end the madness, stop hurting people over cannabis. Um, of course, DEA nominee Michelle Leonhardt, um was, she kind of flew through that hearing, judiciary hearing that she went to. Um, over the, I think just prior to the weekend, um, we kind of expected that everybody was treating her kind of like their golden child. And, uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more. Um, in Maine, caregivers have formed a trade association, which is a good thing. Talk a little bit more about that. Um, a couple topics were barely worth any of our time today. I can't believe this. We'll get to those when we get to them. I'll just leave that for later on. Um, uh, maybe um, we'll get to, yeah, them. Maybe. I think so. <laughs> uh, Montana, uh, has banned video exams. Talk about that. I didn't even know they did that, but, uh, <laughs> um, international news, no more pot in Amsterdam for foreigners. Crazy. What? Oh! Mm. That's mm. bullshit. Really? Yeah. Well, what they, what? Isn't, isn't the, isn't the cannabis cup coming up soon? Um, I think it is. I think it's like in within the next month or so. What's up with that? I was reading a little bit about this that, uh, you know, there's going to be several different ways that they can get around that, you know, and it's not even in place yet. So there'll be a little bit of time. So any kind of uh, American can of tourists that want to go there and smoke their brains out, then, you know, get on a plane soon. Wait, wait. So seriously, they're going to get rid of all of their all the tourist money that comes to Amsterdam. Yeah, evidently. um, Well, you know, not all tourists are, are that responsible. And I guess there's been some some sort of problems with kind of the I don't know how you'd say the animal house mentality. Where people go over there and they just think it's a free for all, and they just take everything they can take, and they eat mushrooms they don't know anything about, and fall in the canal, and they just cause a scene. And and that's really, I mean, if you know anything about the Dutch people, they're a very astute uh, people, and they're just not down with that. You know, they don't go, "Hey, pot rocks, let's have tons of," you know. Um, coffee shops they just it's a tolerance thing they said it's ridiculous to hurt people over this and they, they? they just, where are you get okay we're gonna have to get to this i i'm yes, just having that would be, i'm uh, having like i'm having issues here believing that this is a thing that the people wanted it seems like a politician driven thing to me but it, it totally is it totally is it's really the government and um recently they've had a, a somewhat conservative government and now um, just very recently, they voted in a new, very conservative government, and they're just—I don't know. I think I think America has been whispering in their ear. Our government has, and hey, you're a bad example for us. Yeah, stop hey, it. Can you guys like we don't stop like doing to that? we don't like the the, the 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 what you have going on kind of works statistically anyway. That right. that, that drug use is down in your own country amongst your 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 people and and youth right. drug use is way lower than it is in America. Dudes, dudes, your truth is killing us. It's killing us. <laughs> Seriously, can we like slip you some money? Like you can take it off of our credit card. That's what everyone else does. <laughs> right. Yep. You know, yep. Uh, what's funny, oh, it, I, it's not funny, but I heard Radical, you know, Radical Russ from the Normal Show talking about this, uh-huh. the same thing the other day. And he's, he was he was saying that it's a point that um, I'd not considered before. He was saying that the problem is not that the Dutch have a more liberal drug policy. The, the problem is that all of the neighboring countries have a more prohibitive drug policy, which forces the, the populations from those those countries to go to Holland to smoke. 
yeah, from what I understand, there's just an influx of people that just storm the shops and, <laughs> you know, for that exact reason. But, yeah. I, but I mean, isn't that kind of, I don't know, kind of what they're going for there? I mean, don't they? Well, <laughs> maybe not. I'm, I, I don't know why they would ignore all that money, but. I, I mean, it, right. is it, I've heard, so I've heard, diff- I need to go there first of all, but now I don't know that yeah. I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just to be honest, you know, like um, that was one of, that's the my main drive to really want to go to Amsterdam as one of my main cities in Europe. Um, so. Uh, I don't. I'm. I'm really hurt by this. That's <laughs> oh. <laughs> like the one spot in the world, right? Like where it's uh, you know pretty legal, even though it's kind of their rules are pretty pretty weird. But um, yeah, you know, mm, bummed tolerance. Yeah, it's bummed. kind of an up kind of take on legalization out there. Anyway, it's just kind of a it's a weird. There's some gray area in their in their rules anyway. But Definitely. I think that gray area was a lot more. You know pro-citizen than it is becoming mm, we're gonna have to follow up on this this is gonna be a big yeah. gonna be a big thing we'll get to it in a little while too on the show um mm-hmm. what anything else we got today that's worth mentioning stuff. we got well texas we all know how their uh cannabis laws are down there they've been harassing the shit i'm sure there's there's hundreds of people that they've been bothering but there's one individual we wanted to cover today um we have a link on our site as usual as we report this a little bit later in the show you'll have uh if you're hearing it you'll be having you'll have access to the mp3 to hear them talk about it more um we've got some stuff um some scratch and sniff cannabis uh Cannabis smelling scratch and sniff cards. Have you ever seen one of those? Did you guys read the story? No, I didn't. What yeah. happened? I mean, it's more more from Amsterdam. <laughs> oh, you yeah. just got the, the scratch and sniff is. Yeah, we we, we got an email from um, uh, was it Sean? Is yeah, that who it is? yeah, yeah, Sean. This week, are, are we going in there? Yes, that's where we're at. Yeah, cool. Uh, <laughs> so Sean says the Dutch police are sending out or giving out scratch and sniff cannabis cards right to residents of of Holland. And you scratch and sniff them so you know what cannabis smells like, and then you can narc on your neighbors who are growing or smoking. What? Right. See, this this, this, something. this sounds like a conspiracy going on yeah. in Holland all of a sudden. I don't know. I'll tell you what. I want to get whatever scratch and sniff stuff they're using. I want to make some of this shit myself. Start oh, yeah. sending them out. <laughs> scratch and sniff cannabis cards man you could really mess with someone <laughs> you could that would be a yeah, it would be a million seller Talk about novelty a, in yeah America. a distraction diversion <laughs> sounds like trouble yeah it is it does sound like trouble <laughs> I, I don't think i want what's, anything to do with that what's going on who are in, you what's going on in amsterdam uh, I don't know, man. That's, that, should we listen to that clip now? I think um, you know. I'm sorry. This this is this is an Amsterdam. This is our Rotterdam, Rotterdam, and the Hague. Uh-huh. Yeah, which is is it's the, in the Netherlands. Yeah, in the Netherlands. It's a pretty small area. Um, additionally, in inter- international news, on the international weedscape, um, we've got uh, some stuff going on in Mariana Islands. Um, the House somewhat enthusiastically passed uh, the first legalization uh bill and then the senate immediately quashed it talk about that um some stuff going on in michigan michigan state university um don't want you using medical cannabis even if your doctor says so um it's against school it's against school policy you know um what school School policy against school policy who the hell do they think they are (laughs) oh your doctor might think this is good for you but um (laughs) no we're much we're much smarter than than your doctor (laughs) <laughs> hey, we're at university. Of course we are. Yeah, um, We have Rocky more Mountain books High, than your doctor does. Stuff. Sorry. 
Sorry. Yeah, they're they're kind of uh, get, starting an <laughs> argument over um, several neighborhoods' uh, future over there in Colorado because of proposed warehouse space for growing medical marijuana. Um, Deja vu sounds a lot like Oakland. Um, New Mexico adds some more med pot sources, which is good. As we recorded uh, previously on our show, um, they've had some problems with that, so they're finally moving forward. That's a good thing. And Arizona, additionally, is moving on um, to setting their rules for Prop 203. That should be an interesting thing. Had a great visit at the Illinois State Capitol um, last week with Representative Lou Lang, who is the chief sponsor, the House sponsor for um, SB 1381, Illinois' medical cannabis legislation that is pending a floor vote on the House. We'll talk about that just a little bit. And I, I mentioned previously about a senator that, you know, I've been doing this for a lot of years. I think maybe five or so years ago, I talked to this particular senator who was adamant. He said, Jamie, I, I, I appreciate your thoughts. I know that you're, you know, you have good intentions, but it'll never happen in the Midwest. Never he said, California is a disaster. It will never happen here. And uh, I talked to him um, while I was out, out, just outside of the house floor yesterday, and I'll uh, tell you about what, what he had to say. Um, and, yeah, that looks like that'll be pretty much of a, of a show. California is a disaster. What's, why is the, the, it spreads throughout everyone. Like, it's so bad. It's so terrible. Look at California. Right. Yeah. Right. Everybody here that's part of, part of medical marijuana movement thinks it's so horrible, don't they? It just yeah. sucks. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's, it's, it's just malinformed individuals, misinformed. They just don't get it. it just If you're ignorant to stuff, you can't make this kind of thing up. You know, you got to know about the issues and know what's really going on. If you just, you know, take a stab in the dark, you're going to come up negative. Or you can just claim California is a train wreck. And for some some reason, you can convince a lot of people that that's true because. Yeah. So that's why we don't want to, you know, forward any kind of uh, laws that will help people because. Because it's going to be exactly like California. It's just crazy how much effect they have on people. They can just simply say California is a train wreck, have no evidence to back it up, and then we, to prove our, to prove that it's not, have to f- cross every single T, dot every single I, and and tell the entire story. It's 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 such an uphill battle sometimes, don't you think? It is. It's a constant uphill battle, and that's why I always say resilience is the key. You know, if you're interested in these issues and you care about this stuff, you know. I know there's a lot of people that don't use cannabis or have any any desire whatsoever to use cannabis, but they have loved ones that need can, uh, cannabis for medicinal purposes to mitigate really really rough uh, circumstances in their lives, and uh, they're 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 strong advocates and they're fighting for these these individuals that they care about. So you know, you just for those individuals as well as everyone else, you just have to keep it in mind at all times that this is an uphill battle. I I've likened it to having a gigantic boulder on a hill on an incline. And it already has momentum coming toward us. And what we have to do is put all our efforts in there to slow down that momentum, stop it, and push it the other way. So it's true. think of it that way, it's a huge task. Yeah, but, it's true. I mean, we're it's, somewhere. Right. It's like they can just like throw a pebble and it creates this huge wave and we have to th- throw that damn rock, up, carry it up a hill, and then throw it right. in some water and make a big wave. It's, t- it's totally weight. It's balanced and... Uh, well, you know, on, on the bright side of that discussion, we uh, I've I've wandered upon several stories today that has has still not adjusted to the fact that this is uh, these efforts are are progressing and getting us somewhere positive. They're saying, you know, with all the they're referring to all the 14 states that, you know, have legal cannabis, statewide legal cannabis le- um, legislation. But the, but they 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 
forget that we we're at 15 now because of, because of Arizona now or because, Arizona and what yep, about probably. DC right what's going on in the and so they've got it now too so now it's 15 and 15 plus the District of Columbia <laughs> that's just hard to weird. say <laughs> that's all yeah. just takes more effort <laughs> but yeah that's uh yeah but you know frankly we, we really don't have uh Arizona yet no because be we a don't have a bit of time but. sure and you never know how things are going to work out there. I mean, they, this is the third time they've passed medical marijuana laws there through voter initiative. So um, hopefully hopefully they actually implement this this time and it doesn't get thrown out. Yep. Speaking of Arizona, let's move to their neighbor, our state. What we got going on in Cali this week? Cali, Cali. Cannabis growing. Even the state like California has uh, really, for the most part, remained in the shadows. But there's uh, there are a few cities in Northern Cali um, that are working to bring this out into the open, like Oakland, Berkeley, and Eureka. Um, on Monday, Oakland will begin the application process for four permits to run industrial-scale marijuana farms within city limits. We've talked about that a lot with mixed emotions about that. Um, I think we're, we're watching that uh, cautiously. Um, in Berkeley, a successful ballot measure to allow med pot cultivation in industrial zones has uh, would-be growers scrambling to score scarce real estate. They're 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 looking to get the places to grow their buds. Farther north, uh, the Sonoma County wine country town of Sebastopol um, passed an ordinance Tuesday allowing for the creation of two large gardens for medical marijuana dispensaries and two more um, collective gardens where patients could grow their own weed um, and. Of course, uh, the DEA is keeping a really big, uh, really close eye on this stuff. Um, Oakland City Council Member Rebecca Kaplan, he, uh, she co-sponsored the, that city's cultivation ordinance, said the DEA had contacted her office, but only to request copies of the regulations and background materials. She said that the agency advised her that they were conducting research into the ways various cities were handling medical marijuana regulation. So, I don't know, she seems to think that's a very hopeful sign. Maybe, but uh, I don't know. What do you know. think? Do you, you think they're going to come after everything? I mean, was remember the lady in Mendocino, the lady that applied for the sheriff's permits or whatever for the first one? She got popped mm-hmm. immediately, right? Right. Well, so, you know, historically, in practice, from what we all know, um, in a profound way, uh, when it comes to the DEA, good intentions are not what one would expect. So I won't, I'll trust those guys about as far as I can throw them. But here's the deal. They're going to be doing four facilities in Oakland. I think four mm-hmm. in Berkeley. Is that right? Or six? Um, four. Four? Uh, I think it's four. In and Berkeley, four yes. in Eureka. So that's 12. You think they'll come in and take out all 12 or do you think they'll leave a few of them standing? Just a guess. Um, Just a guess. What do you think? I don't know. I don't know how they're going to handle this uh, warehouse thing at all. And I, I'm very, very curious about this. I'm, I'm watching um, with some curiosity as well as caution. I want to see what's going on. I don't trust them, but I don't know if it's all centralized and they can keep a close eye on how it's going. Will they allow that to happen maybe? Or maybe I'll be over optimistic. Here's the model I like. Tell me mm-hmm. if you like this model. Okay. Um I like the model where if they want to keep it a collective thing, instead of instead of like having these companies come in and make these huge warehouses and just, you know, there you go. We've got these companies basically that are going to grow a lot of pot. How about right. you build these same facilities and you section off rooms 
and then you allow collective members to rent a space and do an indoor grow and people can all have their reasonably sized, obviously not too huge to put uh, a legal burden on, on these individuals, but basically just to have like a big, huge warehouse, modern, completely mm -hmm. modern with, with individual grow rooms throughout the whole thing that people rent and come and take care of. How, 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 how do you like the idea of that? I love that idea. Actually, for the, 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 for the primary reason that it would help the caregivers. The caregivers have a problem because they can only uh, be a caregiver for so many patients. And that's been a, a point of contention with the DEA um, and a, a huge excuse for them to be raiding a lot of people um, in the past. So I think that this would put them right out there in the open and I'll say, look, this is the grower. Mm -hmm. Okay, DEA. I think you have to talk slow to those guys so they can really kind of understand you. But uh, if we talk really slow and have some patience, we might be able to get it through to them a little bit. And I think they can go, oh, so we only have to watch that place. And maybe, I don't know, maybe a spark will go off in one of their heads and they can change it. But you know what? Um, as our story we'll talk about in a little bit, uh, a not so happy story, we'll talk about a little bit later in the show um, with Michelle Leonhardt likely to be the continue running the DEA. I don't know if we'll ever be able to get through to them. How even no matter how slow we talk or how you know basic we put our language, and uh, she's I don't know. So you think that I mean I I have a feeling. Here's my guess now, my prediction now. They're not going to mm -hmm. take all twelve permit holders down. So you think they're going to go in and take part of them and uh -huh. leave some of them? Yep. That's really? what I think That'd they'll be do. Interesting. That's what I think they'll do. Oh. And I think the city's cool. going to have... You called it right here. I'm calling it. And I think this, cool. I think it's going to be... An, uh, then it's going to be an issue for the cities who give these permits out to these... I mean, then they're going to want their money back, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's going to be a mess. Um, so, but uh, <laughs> an interesting mess. I think the people that are signing up for this pretty much know it's... Uh, they surely know their head is on the chopping block, I would guess, so... You know, right. Yeah. You know, um, so we should, we should, what's up? That's part of the stuff that other states look at too. You know, that's where that silly comment came from the Senator. California is you know, a train wreck. Look at California. Yeah. They're going to say, Oh God, now we have to have warehouses of this stuff. Yeah. They're a train wreck because no, they're taking the lead. We're taking the lead and moving towards having a somewhat normal economy where like right. we don't try and be all crazy about weed. Yeah, that's you know if it works well, work. like Portugal and their drug laws have worked, then sure. it sets a tone. You know, I never hear that brought up. Um, they never talk. They never talk about Portugal when they're talking about drug policy. What's Portugal? Uh, Portugal has basically decriminalized all their drugs, and they made it a huge non, somewhat of a non-issue. And as a result, they had like their uh, treatment facilities, the, their population in treatment like over over quadrupled and uh just, it's just been vastly effective in so many ways it's almost like oh, people in the or people are looking at that even pro like uh policy reform people are going oh wow that's working really really good you know it's almost insane that we're not following that as a successful model but right and when i, I thought things were working pretty good in uh in the Netherlands, but apparently as we yeah. move on to the international weedscape, they're not working out so great in the Netherlands or the politicians don't like it. Um, but that's uh, uh, for a long time. I had thought that the statistics we were getting from, from the Netherlands was, uh, was basically hope, hopeful um, 
proof that that you know that regular that somewhat regulating a uh, marijuana actually does more for bringing use down than than um, than what we've decided to do here in the United States, which is go to war with our own people. Um, yeah, silly. It's crazy. Um, I think we've mm-hmm. got a clip. Actually, you got a clip from the Amsterdam story. Yeah, let's run it. Postcard Pretty Amsterdam. It's known for its canals. People come here just to relax, to go and have a boat ride on the canals. It's museums. Which has the beautiful Rembrandt, the Night Watch. It's bicycles. And for thousands of foreign tourists each year, it's the place to go to legally light up and smoke a joint. And of course, that attracts a lot of tourists. Many of them college students from the U.S., like Emma. I mean, we like the coffee shops. (laughs) Nearly 300 coffee shops in Amsterdam, more than 700 total in the country of the Netherlands, all sell marijuana legally. That's only five grams per person and only to those over the age of 18. Coffee shops in the Netherlands are taxed heavily. A huge chunk of what they make goes to the government. And the revenue of the sales was about 1 billion euros. David Ducalo is manager of the Cannabis College in Amsterdam. He says the sale of marijuana is a cash crop for the country. The government actually imposes a very high uh, income tax on coffee shops. I think it's one of the highest at 52%, which does mean that the government at the end of the year, in 08, had about 400 million euros in its pocket. I personally love the policy because it gives people the personal freedom that they deserve and it also stimulates the economy, which I think we could really use in America right now, especially in California. These days, California's Prop 19 is a popular subject in Amsterdam, especially for coffee shop owners like John Foster. Thank you very much. I'm following the the propositions because it's so exciting. We probably have about 75% tourist visitors and then maybe 25% local people. Foster, who's originally from Rhode Island, now runs the Gray Area Coffee Shop in Amsterdam. It's a great way that have it and the openness <laughs> of it, and it really you know, it takes away the criminality. And- well, we follow the whole debate very closely here, because California could be paving the way forwards or actually shooting itself in the foot. As Amsterdam continues to draw millions of visitors every year, marijuana use isn't necessarily on every tourist agenda. I'm not a... Uh partaker myself. The strongest high there is. But it's certainly ringing up big sales and bringing in big bucks for Amsterdam. In Amsterdam, Suzanne Fawn. Gray area, huh? Yeah, the gray area. I like that name. (laughs) They don't don't mix the audio in those clips very well sometimes. It happens. It's all right. It sounded fun. Gray area is a coffee shop that produces, uh, um, what is it? Gray mist, which is half of my medicine of uh, Matanuska mist whenever I can have it. Huh. Medicine. Yeah. Huh. Uh, 52% income tax. Wow. <laughs> and he was saying that 75% of his customers are foreigners. They're, so they're going to basically just give up 300 million euros just to uh, not allow foreigners to, to smoke weed in, in the Netherlands. That's a, that's a big, big political decision to make especially for a, yeah, a country like Amsterdam that's a lot of cash first for yeah for, or a, a, like a country like Holland yeah, yeah sorry it is a yeah. lot of cash and um, that's I mean I, I didn't know that they taxed them that heavily to begin with that is that's lot, huge dude. that's yeah, like more that's, than gas wow <laughs> well it can't be a completely independent event 
you know, I mean, something had to have gone down socially, you know, like, you know, tourists and stuff coming over there. and For you sure. Think so? yeah. You think it, that there's a, a movement and they see, because I don't know when this would be well, good to hear from some people. Well, why, I don't know why they wouldn't also publicize that, though, if, you know, like, say some American college kids came over and just destroyed the place or something. I don't know why they wouldn't make that publicly known. So why? But we're talking about, here's what I'm wondering. Right. We're talking about most of the people going over there and smoking pot. Right. Not like um, going over, I mean, I know. you know, like. They're not, yeah, they're, well, they're not they're not drinking to excess and causing a lot of violence. That's for sure. Right. They, they might like eat, eat yeah. some mushrooms and look a little sloppy in the streets. Uh, yeah. Well, maybe the mushrooms are hey, the issue then. Go to the you go guys, to the Van Gogh Museum and trip out a little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's up? Can I ask a question? Sure. Who's the intelligent female voice that's making sense talking about something on our show <laughs> right now? That's Miss Strawberry Cough. Hello, Jamie. Strawberry Cough. Yeah. Hi. Thanks for chiming in. That makes a whole lot of sense. And if I could respond to that, I think you're right because wouldn't they? If I get you right, um, you're saying when that happens, why don't they go? Some idiot college kids came over here and caused a big scene. Right. And then be honest about the whole thing and say, well, most Call, people. Yeah, they need to be calling us or wh- whatever country out on the fact that their citizens are acting like jackasses in a foreign country. And, you know, you'd think they'd be uh, calling us out on that kind of stuff. So that's what I'm wondering about is like if we haven't been hearing stuff going on in Amsterdam regarding our country, I'm just kind of curious as to what would push them to even like make it. I think it's pure politics. I don't know that there's much of a outcry. I mean, but money there may is money. A, you know, that's a lot of money. I agree. But I mean, you know, the, perhaps they've been convinced that that um, the drug war pays them better. Actually, I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure. I just. I'm just like. I'm confused over how this just happened, and did, mm-hmm. like, did this was it a social movement? Um, you know, did, did they perpetuate this, this media move, like, you know, where they started covering every single potentially bad thing that happened and right. throughout Holland and blew it up? Like, you know, Jamie, how you're talking about, and there was a murder and then they found a joint in his pocket, ah, <laughs> you know, like yeah. that kind of stuff, you know, yeah. like yeah, uh, we got a show, we got a couple of stories about that stuff like that. We do today. Yeah. Great, yeah. keeps happening. Huh? We need to talk with some people from uh, from Amsterdam, from Holland, and and find out like how this is sort of if if this has been like a big thing in their editorials or their letters to the editor. If there's been a bunch of like news lately about drugged out foreigners on rampages through the red light district, killing hookers. So do you guys um do you guys think their grow operations are sophisticated? In Amsterdam? Uh-huh. Oh, I'm sure they're very sophisticated. Some of them are, man. They have that, that little <laughs> video called uh, Growing Top Quality Marijuana. Have you ever seen that? Is that from Amsterdam? <laughs> no, oh, it's, yeah, it's from... It's, is that, it's, is that it's, one of those classic videos? Oh, it's, it's tremendously good. I mean, we did it just exactly like he did it. Like, it was so clear, and it's so... It's perfect. If you replicate what he does in that short video, then... You'll have a great, well, you'll, you'll be well on your way to a great crop. That one's been around for a long time, huh? Um, I don't know. Growing top quality uh, marijuana. I think it's marijuana, not cannabis. Either one, though. But, uh, yeah, check it out for sure. It's, uh, it's really good. You can tell he's Dutch. You know, He says, then you want to, um, what did he say, seal the place thoroughly from all light sources. 
it's funny he talks this i don't know he's got this kind of he talks very well good english but it's he's like a a dutch guy talking english he's got that accent cool so he teaches he teaches foreigners how to have sophisticated grow operations all of their own he's the sophisticated grow up guru wow (laughs) there's a lot of them over there aren't there there are. I yeah. think there are. Our Aryan, um, the guy from Greenhouse Seeds, is intense, dude. He's the epitome. He's the super rock star, the Michael Phelps of uh, the Michael Jordan, who's the greatest of the great, man. He's that dude in pot and can of business. He's got a, a, by far, he sells the most beans to anybody. And he's got these really novel ideas about coloring the seeds. So they're, you know, like super silver hazes are like yellow. Isn't that a genetic thing? Aren't they? I mean, uh, I've seen this in the back of magazines. Isn't there some mm-hmm. sort of genetic, genetically modified seeds going on now that have that they yeah. they do that too? Yeah. No. Uh, well, these aren't. We need it's to talk to Chunk are... Norris about this. He fo- he we followed. Do. Yeah, he followed this one pretty. Closely. I imagine there are some some somewhere people are going to do that when there's that much money available from from a product. They're going to figure out a way to, you know. Oh yeah. Definitely. They're definitely going to. Speaking of money, I can't believe that they're really considering doing this in Amsterdam That is a, or in, in, in Holland. That is a lot of money. Um, yeah. Wow. Uh, geez, I'm shocked. That's the biggest. That's that's the news. That, that's the new, That's the show for today, guys. Um, you can't buy pot anymore in Amsterdam here soon. So go over there now if you can. That like takes the cannabis cup. Oh, man. I'm so bummed about this. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. What else we got yeah. in there? We got some more international news, right? Well, check this out before we move on. This sure. is Minister Evo Oppelstin. Evil Oppelstin? <laughs> <laughs> on Wednesday, Dutch Security and Justice Minister. Or it's IVO. How would you Evo. say that? Like the Dutch guy. Is that Evo or Ivo? Tivo? Ivo Oppelstin. He told NOS Radio that uh, the governing coalition had agreed to limit marijuana sales to Dutch residents in order to curb crime linked to marijuana production and sales. Um, no tourist attractions, said Oppelstein. We don't like that. So that's, that's, he was outwardly going, tourism is, pa tourism is bad. We don't want it. That's Evil. Like Evo. me. It, would that be Evo or would that be Ivo? <laughs> Evil. It sounds like evil. Yeah. <laughs> evil. <laughs> evil. He is kind of. He does kind of actually. I don't no like him. We don't like that. I don't I like him. Yeah. But I like how he speaks for the people, though. That's good. Yeah. He's speaking yeah. for the people. Typical, you know. Typical. Yeah. All, everybody with that mindset seems to behave in a similar fashion. They speak for the <laughs> people, which is a portion of the people always on any idea. Evil. all right hopefully there's some better news than that that just sucks yeah it's not the best (laughs) the best news um we already talked about the cannabis sniff cards that's pretty interesting stuff Uh, (laughs) i'm with cogs man i want to find some of those just because they'd be cool do you think they actually use like cannabis oils or whatever on there that'd be illegal yeah so so well maybe it's this it's god's pussy Ooh. So you think they replicated, you know, the the scent molecules in a lab to put them on a card? No, definitely not. They extracted them no, from I'm cannabis. Sh- I'm sure, they probably did. Why would they go? So to it's the- illegal then, huh? They extracted it that from the big box of the sky. That would be such a giant expenditure synthesizing that molecule in the lab. What but a this waste is of time. this is the government. 
Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. Come on. <laughs> Maybe over there. <laughs> Maybe over there they do have real oils on it because it's less than five grams. And it's sent to the... <laughs> but it's the cops. Yeah, it. people are going to start smoking their scent cards. <laughs> <laughs> no, nice. you can get good weed in Amsterdam. Wait, but they're sending this out to people to tell them to narc on... Jeez. What a turnaround. How the hell... You were saying, and, and you've always tried to say that things can go backwards. Don't get comfortable. Absolutely. This is a new, very um, conservative government. They're a rightist, very rightist government. And that's just their agenda. That's that's what they do, period. That's them people, those people and that group do this behavior. Like always, they're, it's who they are. It's like kind of what they are. Jeez. And they got them. In, they've got them in Netherlands now. They've got them kind of a, to some extent in Canada as well, which really sucks, man. A lot of Canadians are like going, but they're so nice. And the Canadians are so nice. They're having a hard time yelling at the government. I think they're working it up some steam. Eventually they'll be, uh, I don't know. Speaking of steam, what's going on in yeah. Headway and the Pacific Islands? Pacific Islands. Well, they passed, uh, the House passed a uh, cannabis legalization bill, which is really cool. Because wait, wait, wait. Who? The, is the Pacific Islands a country all of yeah, it? It's, it's uh, the Mariana Islands. Let me see here. Um, it's... Doo -doo -doo. Oh, some tropical beauty... If, uh, some like tropical heaven, like and that will have legal weed. That sounds. <laughs> oh, that it's sounds exceptional. The, the Northern Mariana Islands. It's uh, it's a U.S. Commonwealth. So oh, there it's you really go. Significant that this is going on. So we can go there. Uh, do we have? We need to find out how to get listeners. Well, there. there's the downside <laughs> of the story. They uh, the House passed it ten to seven, but immediately after they passed it. The Senate said, well, that's dead. That's not going anywhere. Wait, and their house they, only has 17 members. Um, we can, totally, yeah, we can totally influence these people. <laughs> we should try to do that. <laughs> Send us some scratch and sniff cards. <laughs> See, it smells good. Don't be scared. Uh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it does smell good. It smells good around here right now, too. Hey, um... So these islands are – what was on the bill? What were they, full-on legaliz like full legalization or was this like, you know? Um, it would have uh, – under this measure, it was authored by the independent uh, representative Stanley Torres. Um, people at least 21 years eight, um, old would have been allowed to possess – this is their quote um, – possess, cultivate, or transport marijuana for personal use, end quote. And uh, it also would have permitted the regulation and taxation – of the commercial production and sale of cannabis ah. as well to people at least 21 years of old uh, of age. So it's kind of a, a, I don't know, prop 19 type full. Almost if some, full. some tropical Island somewhere needs to really be listening to this show. And I think a lot of them right now are discussing these issues. Dude, so that's cool. I mean, think of how sweet it would be to be a little tourist Island. That's all of a sudden oh, like, man. and we're going to sell as much pot as we want. F the rest of you. They're like, hello, sir. Welcome to Tahiti. Your bungalow is ready, is prepared for you with fresh fruit and flowers and shit. And, and a clean vaporizer. Say, Would you like some fine quality cannabis, sir? 
<laughs> they got some <laughs> sick strain and you're like, whoa, man, people would just be flocking to those. Every arms. hotel has a dispensary, every bar, <laughs> there's pot bar. Yeah, uh, like seriously, like you not only are you is it super beautiful and can you snorkel and scuba and surf and hike and climb and do tree canopy tours and whatever, whatever. But you can smoke dope the whole you can, time. You can puff tough in lawn <laughs> furniture. <laughs> nice. <laughs> in the sun. I love that life. Yeah, I need that. That would be yeah. so great. When this, where is this place? I'm there in a hurry. I might even move there. It's a chicken or egg thing. Yeah. Do we wait for them to change their laws and then go there? Or do no. we move there and change the laws? That's but probably the latter would be the most efficient. Yeah, With seventeen it's... people. We could get them. We could get eight like the first night. Surely be, MPP is all over this, like right? Four in the morning, they'd be like all everybody'd be all burnt and shit, and they'd be like, "Man, you guys are great. Have a good night." And we already got eight of them, and there's seventeen. So within the next two weeks, we we could change the law. <laughs> there's only seventeen people yeah. to convince. I wonder how rich <laughs> those people are. They're probably yeah. they're probably oh, super wealthy, while a lot of people in, on their islands aren't. Or, yeah. Speaking of someone that's not wealthy, Mark Emery is not. He has put a lot of effort um, into um, cannabis movement over the years, and almost all the money he made, if not all the money he made, was put right back into the movement. Um, I updated awesome. everyone last week. He Long-time fan. Longtime fan. He's uh, really being thrown through the ringer now. He was up at SeaTac in Seattle, um, and then they were talking about moving him down to California, and he was moved temporarily to Nevada and then moved temporarily to Oklahoma. Now he has landed in Georgia at the D. Ray James Correctional Institution, which is a private jail. Mm-hmm. Yay Ooh, for private awesome. jails, right? Prison for profit. Right. All about it. He's prob- they, they probably have him making... Chinese handcuffs or something in there. The same people that likely had a, a, a huge hand in your new um, rightist government of the Netherlands. Right. The correct. Yep. That's that's exactly it. And, and you guys, if you want, you should uh, ch- check out www.freemarkmarc.ca and figure out how to contact him. I know that anything, any letters or news or anything you send him, he will get, but it is backed up several weeks now. Um, he's, they're obviously very hopeful that he's going to get moved back to Canada. I imagine that's not a definite thing. So if you could take the time to write your representative in your area asking uh, asking them to send Mark back to Canada, I think that would be very helpful. And um, mm-hmm. we should, we should, anyone listening to this show should take a minute to do this. We may even put a template out there, but... Um, this is something that needs to happen. I really hope he does get to move back to uh, Canada um, to, to finish the remainder of his sentence. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, the U.S. government isn't always so nice like that. <laughs> so mm-hmm. keep the hope there that he'll uh, he'll make it back to Canada. Um, hey, we're going to get Jay Selthoffner on the line. He um, has been uh, part of this show since way back and uh, ran for... What, Jay, what did you run for? 41st District um, State yep, Assembly? State, yep, State Assembly in Wisconsin, 41st District. And you, 19, go ahead. You ran as an independent, right? Yes, I did. You did. And, um, and you got a little under 10% of the vote? 
Yeah, 9% of the vote is what we came out with in rural Wisconsin. We look at that as monumental. Uh, long mm-hmm. story short, actually, the, the independents in Wisconsin, if we look at the top three of them, uh, the independent governor candidate, uh, myself, and then uh, one in the state assembly next door to me, he took 12%, I took 9%. So the independents who were the most vocal on the marijuana issue actually captured the largest percentage of the, or finished the top amongst the independent candidates, if you want to say. So, hey, and if I if I understand it right, that's not your only victory here, which I do agree with you. That's that's amazing. I can't believe mm-hmm. that you ran for the 41st assembly and got that so much support you know, that came out. But in addition to that, you were instrumental in influencing the incumbent that won the, the race. Right. Oh, in- yeah. No. Yeah. That was actually. I'm very much so. She sponsored the hemp bill in the past. Uh, she's a three-termer now going into her fourth term. So she's actually sponsored the hemp bill in the past. She's by no means an enemy. Um, and it, during our forums, she did admit that, yep, medical marijuana, uh, she does understand it has validity. I believe her statement was she didn't think Wisconsin was ready. Uh, that's something that a couple people have said, I guess, depends on what you define as Wisconsin, the legislators, the people, you know, so um, reform is still ripe in Wisconsin. What is, do, mm-hmm. do, you, do you guys have a lot of people say this out there? Look at California. It's a train wreck. And then you just, <laughs> just, just throw that out there as evidence that that's the reason why Wisconsin shouldn't go towards medical marijuana. We not not gonna say we don't like California, but there's kind of rivalry between the dairy production and cheese oh, uh. production. So the rival states in the past. At one time, we even joked about it. Before this is, you know, I'm 36, so this is going back to like the mid 90s, kind of, you know, the end of the 90s after California just went legal, and they're talking about the water shortage, and that's what we always joked about. It was like, well, why are we? Because they were gonna pump the water from the Great Lakes or something like that. But we're like, why are we sending them the water? Let's grow the pot for them and send them the pot instead. So, it, it, you know, it's been kind of an ongoing joke, and it's not something that we look at. California look at them as a train wreck. We would really like to beat them. We actually look at Maine and talk about some of the laws over there when we talk about state laws and how things should go and those types of things. So, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, you, like, the, you like what Maine's doing, huh? Yeah, I mean, we like any state that's progressive that's actually talking about things. We joke, we kind (laughs) of, Wisconsin is known for, um, you know, high regulations, uh, high taxes, and kind of public safety or policing issues. And those are the three characteristics that are going to be needed, at least we feel, in a successful, comprehensive marijuana legislation. So it's just one voice away, and now that the Republicans have, you know, overwhelming control in uh, both houses here, right, things could go through relatively quickly. Budget year next year, we got to pass a budget before we do anything. So our new governor coming in has what he's called the brown bag program, where he's just looking for wasteful spending to put in the bag and throw in the garbage. So, I mean, it uh, still could go through. still could go through. Um, I, I'm wondering, I got a question for you, Jay. It's off of, off of, so what do you think about like how here in California we're supposed to run these businesses as not for profit or nonprofit models? Do you think that should be a, a, do you think that's a good thing for, for policy or, or you think that's a little, Uh it's, Uh 
I'm torn. Um, under the med- I mean, I can understand where we're getting into where we don't want to tax medication and those types of things. So we're trying to, you know, establish it that way. But a for-profit, licensed, highly regulated industry seems to make much more sense. I mean, I worked. I was in the insurance and investment industry, so I've worked with nonprofits. So I understand there are some advantages to running it as a nonprofit. You know, I I think unfortunately it's going to have to be a state by state call if. Wisconsin did a comprehensive plan, industrial hemp, medical marijuana, and recreational cannabis. You have to have uh, for-profit businesses involved in the whole situation. So, But if somebody is just going to try to be like, a, you know what, I only want you know 100 dispensaries in this whole state, and there's going to be a lot of control on it, maybe the nonprofit is a better way to go. Yeah, I, it just, it's just, for me, it's a weird thing. It's just like, it, it, it's just another way that it's treated unlike every other business, um, yeah. you know? So it's like one of those things where we're like, oh, cool. Now we have a legal industry, but we've got to not make profit in it. Awesome. And that's not necessarily the case. I work, you know, and I, I, we lead it, let it off here by um, saying I'm in a, a relatively rural community, but one of our largest employers uh, in the county is actually a nonprofit organization. And some of the people that they employ are regular employees, W-2 employees making good wages. They get benefits provided to them. So the nonprofit itself can be structured as a business. It's just, it looks like that when you want to point out abuse at any anything, pick out a microscope and look under it anywhere. You're going to find it, you know? So, um, sometimes it's hard to rely on the, uh, information, or I should say the source that you're getting the information from, but either way it can be successful. It just is a matter of, you need to take the initiative and encourage it rather than try to keep it under the rock as a taboo type thing. It needs to be embraced as a, a societal change, as a state change. Sure, sure. Yeah, and and that's what I see with it is the the not the doing it not for profit here in California or the non profit sort of method with it. First of all, it's highly it's highly abused by almost by a lot of people involved with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, non profits obviously pay wages and stuff. I just mm-hmm. I just find it. I guess I just just considering like how all other businesses in the United States are allowed to to operate. I mean, is what other is there an industry in do you know of an industry in general where that's basically what they're required to do is operate no. as a no. So it's the only no. one, right? And like Yeah, right, right, right. But it is an anomaly you're talking about here. You're talking about a state, a state. You know, I mean, you get into that issue, should the state even be worried about what the federal government is going to say about it? Are they doing something to appease the federal government? And that's why I keep, uh, I keep going back to that total circle issue if we confront it. Like I talk to the people on the street here, you know, if I can't make hemp gas, if I can't make a hemp biodiesel, something fishy in this whole situation. Sure. So con- comprehensive reform needs to be dealt with. I mean, we just... It was like a guy sent me an email this morning. He's like, Jay, you know, five of the top most dangerous pesticides of the top nine most dangerous pesticides are found in cotton, you know? So it's like, well, someone could just examine that issue and say we should be looking at hemp as a, you know, alternative to, to cotton just to cut down on the pesticides that we're wearing on our backs, you know? So if we can't do that... I don't know if talking about is dispensaries better to be nonprofit or profit is, or at least that in Wisconsin, you know, that's mm-hmm. where we're, you know, where we're on the streets because we're a farming community. I mean, we would plant not a five by five room. We would plant 
500 acres. Acres. You know, that it's a whole different situation here. So. Sure. And you, in that, and then you're, you're talking, are you talking about hemp right now? Or are you talking about can, or consumable cannabis? I, you could do both. I mean, <laughs> technically, you could do both. So um, there's. There's literally fields that we've driven back in what they call, I believe it's called a hectare, where you drive several miles back before you even get to the fields that they're cultivating, you know. So, I mean, there's there's stuff all over the place around here. And, I mean, but industrial hemp definitely would be, you know, an issue that we have. Um, and I don't know how California or these other states even are going to confront it, is that if you do have a recreational bill, um, we're, we might have a supply shortage. I mean, there's kind of a supply shortage now. The demand outweighs it, you know, that where is all this pot going to come from? In, for, for instance, in, in California or in any other state? Let's just say, prop, you know, the, the proposition did pass in California. Do we think that the, the supply would have really been met? Yes, from the domestic, I do. Uh, cult of, you think absolutely? Oh yeah, by ab- oh we produce so much more than we can consume in California. That's the so that's why it's all spilling over to other states right now. Sure, so. and that's why okay. that's why the federal government hates it so much because I mean it would have probably even increased some with Prop 19. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, absolutely, we we definitely we definitely um, supply enough for the state's medical program and for its black market pro- uh, as well. Yeah, California um, isn't sure. importing any any Mexican swag. No, <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> no, but, but but for instance, like Colorado, Colorado still has to import. They do not. Well, that's what I heard is that a lot of states had like, you know, their edibles were being made out of the, um, you know, the the bulk that they could possibly get and that type of stuff, which is kind of scary in a way because isn't that the ones that are going more to the medical patients that, so I don't know, we just, that's kind of, those are the things behind the scenes that they're talking about in Wisconsin too. And that's maybe why legislation hasn't passed is because they, they see loopholes and they see flaws in it and they, you know, unfortunately they're trying to build a perfect system and, no legislation is ever per- ever perfect, and that's that's the problem in Wisconsin is we're slow moving. Even though we're talking about things in a progressive state, we're just we're slow moving when it comes to legislation. Right. Um, let's talk party politics for a minute. Sure. So, so um, obviously, straight line vote. You've uh, you fall victim to that um, in yeah. an election as an independent. Um, yeah. How hard do you think it would be to? basically run in a race like this as a Democrat or a Republican with basically your, you know, the same agenda you just had, do you think it'd be even possible? Oh, it'd be very much possible. And uh, we haven't made an informal announcement or anything like that, but that would be something that we would do. Uh, we felt this time around, um, you know, jumping into politics, not knowing necessarily, I mean, we understand there's some ideologies about the Republican party, some ideologies about the Democratic Party, but the group of people within your district, the group of concerned citizens that are working, are more the morals of the party that you're with there. So as I got to know these people, the Republicans in specific, that we shared a lot of the same values. And, I mean, they did agree fundamentally with the you know, with the hemp issue, the medical marijuana issue, you know, we, we found, you know, even during the, the street campaign, we found more support for just ending more, ending marijuana prohibition altogether than the, mar- than the medical end of it. But it would be, it would be just like any other campaign, uh, except you would have an issue that you could actually implement and show how it would solve problems. We even went so far in our campaign that the, you know, it was odd because somebody would ask a question and it would be kind of like, well, 
you know, we could implement an industrial hemp bill to help with our energy, you know, that came from me. The Democrat would say, well, yeah, I agree with that. Plus, we could do this. And the Republican would be, well, I already introduced an industrial hemp bill. That makes a lot of sense for alternative energy, you know. So I don't think it would be taboo at all. And I think if you look at it, 10% of the, of the vote, it actually may help in those closer races where it is, uh, uh, you know, maybe not so much straight line like a 70% Republican vote in our area, in those races that are a little bit closer, it actually may turn out to be the deciding factor that someone likes both candidates but likes the one that was more vocal about the marijuana issue. That's that's true. So, and, and so in your area, that, that it, it would be tough for that to be the one issue that could tip you over the iceberg because do you think the, the party, the 70% Republican... In our, yeah. yeah. In our area, not going to do it. But if you look at... It actually happened this year in Wisconsin. Senator Julie Lasta, who sat on our, um, on the, I guess the, the medical bill committee, if you want to say it, she was on the committee for the public health or whatnot. But anyway, she is a Democrat, uh, was on the committee, was a supporter, kind of turned tails at the end, is getting the finger pointed at her right now that. She's no longer a supporter, and she's actually maybe the one who helped kill the bill. She made a run for Congress this year. Uh, a guy retired, David Obie, Democrat, long-held Democrat seat, so she's running as a Democrat. Uh, she got beat against a Republican, uh, Sean Duffy, who was a reality TV star, maybe a, an attorney or a doctor, too. I forget what she was, but the race was relatively close, and it kind of looks like that she did not specifically get the marijuana vote, so it may have cost her the election. Hmm. Yeah, it could it could go either way for you, I guess, right? The, yeah, that was a little bit, you know, that's a larger district, obviously, when you look at a congressional district, it's just more votes under the seat, so sure. those races are, and that was in northern Wisconsin, so those races are generally a little bit closer, but in, in our area, unfortunately, you're probably going to need to win that Republican primary in order to capture the seat. Sure. Speaking of money, how'd your campaign do fiscally? Do you have a... Good experience. Yeah, I would say, you know, we did fine. We didn't really spend any money out of pocket. We did everything that we wanted to do. The only thing we really wish we could have done was like a, you know, a mailer to hit everybody's mailbox. You know, more as an educational type piece, uh, not knowing. But it was very expensive. So no, I mean, it was great publicity. We generated more noise than we ever could have. Brought more attention to the issue than we ever could have without, you know, running as a. Uh, as an independent or running in the campaign. But, yeah, no, we did fine. The campaign's still open. Uh, we may need to do something in the future, uh, whether it's on a local seat or state level again. Yeah, that's what I like to hear, persistence, right? <laughs> yeah, well, we have in... In Wisconsin, we have fall ele- or, uh, spring, spring and fall elections. So this year is actually kind of neat that I volunteered for uh, a campaign for a Supreme Court uh, judge, Joel Winning, and he's going to try to run under the – we have a, uh, an Impartial Justice Act, which is basically a public financing type thing. So it's going to be kind of uh, exciting to work with him, and he's somebody who supports uh, a total legalization type bill. So Cool. All right. Mm-hmm. Moving cool. forward. Awesome. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good stuff. You know, 10% is huge in what's really become kind of a regulated duopoly in our political yeah. sphere. Yeah, no, no. I was going to say very, you know, very, very much so. It was 
taken notice by people, obviously locally, but um, I was surprised on who gave the call afterwards and said, you know, 10%, Jay, that was very good. That, <laughs> Did, you, know, that you, really, really you really mobilized the youth vote in a rural county and for a, you know, off-presidential election year is what seemed like anyway from, awesome, mm-hmm. well, you know. And yeah, and that was just it. The paper itself, you know, the newspapers itself were just like, well, it was kind of, it was neat to see people get involved back in politics. The one, uh, the one forum that we had, which was, it was kind of unusual because we didn't really have any debates, so it really wasn't any traditional candidate bashing that you had seen. It's uh, no TV commercials, obviously, or anything like that. So it was really just you get to know your candidate. But the debate that we had um, with in the largest city in Ripon. Um, of the supporters there that came to the debate, and there was only 30 to 50 of them, but the majority of them were mine. And I mean, there was a group of, you know, young men all under 21 years old that put their suits and ties on that, you know, that they're even kind of like, well, the parent, my parents were like, well, where are you going on a Thursday night with a tie on? You know that. Right. Um, so it was kind of neat to see those people. And then, you know, the older senior citizens that I had met, that there was a, a good, and it, that's exactly what we said after it ended. We're like, that's what marijuana reform is. It touches some young folks. It touches some middle-aged folks, some seniors. You know, it, it's really hits everybody from every walk of life, you know. So it's a, it's a winner. It's a, winning, it's a winning combination. And hopefully that we just brought enough attention to the issue that uh, the legislator that represents us will go ahead and, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> champion it just like as if I would have been elected. Sure. Right. Yeah. That that would be that would that would be a, a huge victory in, in and of itself, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, she she definitely saw that um, the public did not ridicule the issue. You know, the public did support the issue, and uh, it was like I said, it was really it was it was pretty amazing. I mean, at times it was. You know, one of those one of those moments where you're just like, wow, we're making a difference. You know, we're we're making a difference here, there, and everywhere. So, no, it was an exciting experience, and we're looking forward to doing it again. Jay, we appreciate the difference mm-hmm. you're making, man. You, the, the, it's an inspirational Absolutely. story. We want you to keep mm-hmm. at it. We're going to keep in contact with you in the future. Um, mm-hmm. th- thank you so much for everything you're putting into this. It's a uh, it's hey, a really big a deal. You know, yeah, so, no, I certainly have that, our uh, our continued support. Yeah, no, thank you. That's just, you hit it right in the head. It is a really big deal, you know, and that's the importance of it is it's uh, it's a really big deal. So uh, if everybody just, you know, makes it uh, a priority, we we say just do something meaningful every day, whether it's tell your neighbor to give a phone call or make a donation or do something, just do little acts of, uh, of, of you know, reform every day, and, and it will build the momentum it needs that we feel the public policy is there. We just need to make that one last push to give the legislators the strength to do the right job. So, Awesome, Jay. We love Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah well, uh, come visit any time. So. <laughs> <laughs> we will. We'll be All out right. there eventually, man. We really appreciate your participation in this show and, uh, and uh, specifically all of you guys out there in Wisconsin that are listening. Thank you guys so much. Um, yeah, no, thanks for the support. We sure. appreciate it. So. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, Jay, we will uh, stay in touch, and um, good luck moving forward. Yeah, do so, and if I don't talk to you beforehand, have a safe and happy holiday. We will. We will. You, you too, do the man. same. All right. Alrighty. Take care. Take, Take care. care. Bye bye. It's always, always good to hear from Jay. Um, uh huh, man. He's still one of my personal heroes for just stepping out and just rocking that thing. That's awesome. 
Definitely. Most like he's definitely. the gold standard of uh, the, like the epitome of, of an example of the kind of, of activism and courage and commitment, you know, using positive resources, like a, a brain, a functional brain and, and try to make some difference, man. It's, it's an uphill battle. And he jumped right in there, like fearless. That rocks. That's right. There it is. <laughs> Has, That's have, my take. Have on we this. officially given Jay a ding on the show yet? I think so. He's got one, man. I almost get a gave him a verbal ding when he was talking. I was like, dude, that's you're like, that's dude, amazing. ding, dude, ding, ding, ding man, ding. You are so dinging. We need to do that one more time. Do it again. Strawberry cough needs for Jay. I just want to hear it. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's a, that's a hyper functional stoner right there. Somebody that's affiliated with cannabis in many ways and can just rock. <laughs> Are the functional stoners in Arizona going to get this thing working out right? I hope so. There's some uh, pretty decent ones working on it and trying to keep things going. Unfortunately, the the Department of Health Services, the state's Department of uh, Health Services, is, is running this show pretty much. Um, their law, I think, was pretty decent. But, you know, it takes – they have 120 days um, after the vote to – to implement new, the rules and they get to decide on the rules. So they could make it really as restrictive. They could put a humongous tax on it. They could do a lot of sh- unsavory stuff between now and then. And, you know, until then they'll probably, they're, they're almost definitely going to take the entire time. So until like several months from now, um, they still don't have medical cannabis in Arizona. Yeah. We have a clip for this. Actually, we got a clip for prop two. So. News. Okay. Well, it looks like voters have approved the use of medical marijuana in our state. So now what? The state now has to come up with the rules for how to implement this new law. CBS 5's Donna Rossi brings us the straight story. And Donna, they do have their work cut out for them, don't they? Yeah, they certainly do. You know, some of the questions about how this is all going to work, they are answered in in the initiative itself. But there is still a lot the state has to figure out when it comes to the hows and whos and whys before the use of medical marijuana gets underway in Arizona. We have got to develop um, an IT infrastructure, basically a computer infrastructure that has to do several things. State Health Director Will Humble says the creation of that database will be the most expensive and most difficult part of implementing the state's new medical marijuana law. It will not only have to verify a list of all medical marijuana cardholders, but be interactive for law enforcement. If a law enforcement officer uh, sees somebody with marijuana in their car, they hold out their card, that law enforcement officer's got to verify that that's a legitimate card. The law takes effect in April. The state has started writing the rules about the who's, what's, where's, and why's of the law. One thing Humble says he wants is a restrictive definition of the kind of doctor-patient relationship needed before a recommendation for pot can be given. I want to avoid that kind of abuse where there's just, you know, people saying they're in chronic pain and getting a a medical marijuana recommendation in a few minutes from a doctor. One of the advantages, according to Humble, is that Arizona is the 15th state to approve the use of medical marijuana. So we're going to be in a position to be able to learn from the mistakes uh, that other states have made as they've implemented their medical marijuana laws. Another thing Humble says he would like to see is that no other state has done is implement a tracking system so that there's a record of the marijuana from its growth to the dispensaries to the patients. Now, the state health department has a very comprehensive, interactive website on this subject, and we've put a link to that on our site at kpho.com. As long as it's not a train wreck like California, it should be okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's a disaster. <laughs> I mean, you know, why would we want people to have their medicine easily? We definitely want it to be difficult right. on them. Um, right. You know, the pain that they're having means nothing <laughs> as long as they haven't spent at least like five hours talking to their doctor about it already. Right. They have to get the old thumb up the caboose. Uh, definitely right up the butt. And they have to try like opium suppo- or opiate suppositories first before they can actually use marijuana for their pain. Um, and the, it, any sort of yeah. lethal drug that there is that could make you feel better, you have to do first. Hey, or have some OxyContin. Yep. <laughs> hey, so you want marijuana. Hey, have you tried Oxy yet? Have you tried it yet? I mean, yeah. you know, like, uh, it, it, it might yeah, work. That stuff's way better than pot. Try some of these. <laughs> it might, it might make you nauseous. Drug, uh, doctor, I mean. <laughs> right. Uh, the tracking system sounds very interesting. That's, uh, that's, that's uh-huh. just awesome. <laughs> For people to have to be tracked so um, vigilantly. Yeah. yeah, you know, that's just another of the many examples of how cannabis is treated, unlike any other substance or any other thing, any other medicine in the medical aspect of it. It's, 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 it has special treatment, and it's, it's negative treatment. It's not, uh, you know. We want to know where every Oxycontin pill is derived from, where it goes, and what toilet it gets shit out in. Yeah. Yeah, don't they, like, monitor uh, toilet, like, or, or sewage lines sometimes? I heard they monitor. Arizona's talking about it. Their- they're thinking about it, and they're definitely thinking about it down there. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for farmies? Is that what you're going to say, Jamie? Monitoring their sewage lines for farmies? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I've heard it's Evidently, thing. there's a huge problem with people dumping uh, farmies down the toilet. And it's in the water. Some kind of fraud yeah. involved or they, something. No, they, they stay in the water supply. The filters don't the, don't get the, the the drugs out. I think. Oh, that's horrifying. Specifically, man. hormone. And there's like drugs huge in. huge truck loads just dumping in there constantly. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, it was right. Man, let's get to lettuce. We have to move up to lettuce fast because I got to jump over to water right water issues. Because that's really important. It really is. <laughs> kind of need it. Yeah, but man, we need pot before we need water. Yeah, true. True <laughs> enough. <laughs> it's what we're, I mean, you know, it's, it's important to our cause here. And, and <laughs> Right. And speaking of which, they needed pot really bad down in uh, New Mexico recently. They, uh, they, we reported, I don't know, what was it? A lot of episodes ago. Remember that? Talking about how they had a scarcity of providers for medical cannabis in yeah. their state. So here they had legislation, statewide legislation. They couldn't come up with the weed. What a freaking dilemma. I bet they didn't go. California is a disaster. Right. <laughs> in that case no we've reported like, here where they're uh, trying to bust shipments coming in from california and stuff right. because they aren't producing enough for themselves um yeah isn't that something that's yeah kinda unusual right and that's what jay was just talking about a little while ago too the implementation of these programs in states that can't supply themselves and that's a huge issue especially once they make the rules so tight to where it just can't be produced um but you know we're a train wreck out here <laughs> you know, they had just about, uh, I think they had 12 of them in, uh, in New Mexico for the whole state. And, uh, they, they didn't raise it that much, but I mean, I guess, uh, in respect to how big it was to begin with, they, uh, they added six new nonprofits, um, that will grow the drugs. So that, I mean, it's not really that hugely, like really densely populated of a state. So, so they don't have a lot of pot, but they got plenty of water, right? 
Um, I don't know. I hope they do. Arizona, isn't that a, New that's Mexico. part of the Colorado River problem, isn't it? I don't know, but all the all so. the all the oxy in the water can't be good for them. It's probably right. why they can't figure out how to grow their own weed. There are currently 2,807 medical marijuana patients, with 1,266 of those having individual permits to grow for their own personal use. So I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be growing their own buds. I mean, I don't know. I uh, I can probably help them get some seeds or something. They need some consulting advice. <laughs> right? <laughs> Anything I can do to help move this thing along. Yep. Speaking of moving along, um, East Coast Scoop, um, Maine news, and Jay was just plugging Maine's laws out there, and you're, you've got a good story here, something going down yeah, in Maine, right? Yeah, yeah, they're, uh, they're marijuana caregivers, uh, medical marijuana caregivers have formed a trade association, just like doctors and pharmacists have done. Um, they formed a, tra- they formed a, train a, a trade association to give them a unified voice in their state. It's very cool, man. And uh, the members say that also it will help to ensure good press for the pain easing drug and uh, it will advocate for patients as well. So it's like the trifactor, the triple slammer. It's pretty, uh, that just makes sense. When that, when that much is right about something that they do, it's just, it's, it's a smart choice. And they do a lot of those in Maine, I think. They make smart, little, cho- smart choices yeah. in Maine. Yeah, that's what I heard. It's their slogan. It's like on their I think they their are a license little bit restrictive plate, or their slogan. It's on there. Yeah, it's on their license plate. In Maine, we make good decisions regularly. It's our thing. We got to- topics. Can I fit that on there. <laughs> huh? yeah, yeah, dude. We make I've good seen decisions it. regularly. Regular. Uh huh. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's the sunshine state, but it's the good decision state. Regularly. Nice. All the time. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> Speaking of moving along. Yes. Uh, that was, uh, so now we're moving along to uh, some topics probably not worth much of our time and yours either, but we're going to do them anyway, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep, for sure. Um, there's a there's a new um, this is one of those things I was talking about at the beginning of the show um, when we did the teasers things that are completely unrelated um, to cannabis yet they get the full on connection in the media um, one of them actually is from WebMD it's like an online thing I don't know I mean I think most people have actually gone by this site at least once to check on some information they're really kind of well respected I think yeah they're but, huge. Uh, they're, yeah, they're, they're enormous and they're, they're very popular, but, uh, their, their byline is better information, better health and, uh, shame on you guys, WebMD, you liars. Um, because <laughs> look, this, this, this research study says early marijuana use leads to later brain problems. It doesn't say may or can possibly, it says it does. It says it does. It's like, this is the equivalence of in a court trial where you go such and such and, such, and they go, <gasps> objection and they and their honor goes sustained and you're like you know you know it, whatever re, what do they call that when they retract it and they just move on oh yeah. no yeah but they but they 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 yeah. still got to say what they were going to say and then they were like okay overruled is what they say yeah. <laughs> that's it overruled <laughs> evil yeah. yeah so i mean that's kind of what they're doing here it, it occurs to me they're they're putting this negative stuff out there but then 
if somebody goes, you can't do that, it doesn't, it's not going to matter because people already read these studies and it's, it's from, it's from MDs. And that goes back to what I was saying too. All they have to do is make the claim and it affects so many more people than the battle, the battle we fight. Like we try and give facts and all parts of the story, but they just say, It'll Absolutely. it'll screw up your brain and people believe and it. And these are some of the crazy claims that they make in this thing. Early marijuana use appears to take a toll on the brain. Is how it starts, according to sounds like research. a song. Yeah, young adults who began smoking marijuana before age sixteen performed worse on cognitive tests compared to those who began smoking after sixteen, says researcher Stacy Ann Gruber, PhD, at the get this uh, Harvard Medical School and McLean Hospital in Boston. Um, she presented her findings at a news conference. So this is a news conference where she came out and said all this stuff. Um, the annual meeting of the Society of Neuroscience in San Diego. Well, she goes on and said that she found that early onset smokers, once she evaluated them as young adults, also smoked more and smoked more often. And uh, they, she said, Twice as often and nearly three times as much is what she said. And she said early onset smokers average 25 smokes a week while the late onset users average 12. And they, she also said that, let me see. Pretty much the, exactly half. That's very interesting. Yeah. At the time of the evaluation, the average age of the people, the subjects was 22. But for the study, she evaluated 35 chronic marijuana smokers and compared them to 29 healthy people. So what does that mean, actually? <laughs> Healthy people. What the? F- what the? <laughs> really? F for the. So, thank you. You just for the study. <laughs> you, you almost went there. You almost went there. It almost took you. So, there. thirty-five chronic marijuana smokers <laughs> are are automatically not healthy. That's right. Because I know like 150,000 chronic marijuana smokers, and most every single one of them is healthier than most people I ever meet. So I don't get no, that. No, dude. And, you're making stuff this? up now. That's, you're making it up. And compared them to 29 healthy people. Yeah, 29. Did, they de- did, did they describe what it meant to be a healthy person? <laughs> no, <laughs> that's healthy? it. But I'm that was sorry. the base they, they judged this against, healthy people, including men and women. So Plenty of the smokers. Non-healthy smokers versus. Here's the big part of it. 20 of the smokers started before age 16 and, and 15 started after age 16. And then they talked to them when they were 22. They did this really weird. This weird is test. good science. It is. It just really is. Okay. <laughs> it just it is good science. That's all there is to it. The, the science is there's, in. There's no need. Yeah. According <laughs> to science, marijuana is bad. Are there any references? I'd yeah. Like look, some references. she gave them a card sorting task commonly used to evaluate cognitive flexibility known as the Wisconsin card sort task. Oh. <laughs> People are shown cards with different shapes on them. The shapes are, are different in different colors, in different numbers, and in different forms. The person tested is told to sort, of, to sort the cards without being told how to sort them, and then is told if the sorting is correct after they sort them. This one? <laughs> hey, this card kind of looks like Jerry Garcia, man. And, and it goes on. And, you know, it's a little bit lame. You can read more about this because it truly is something we don't want to spend, give them too much time on. But did, but did you they, say this is, a, bring this, is a, this is a, a common psychological, exper- the card sorting experiment? You give someone a deck of cards and don't, you tell them, sort, sort these. Them. But then you tell them how, you, how they did afterwards. Wow. <laughs> And, uh, so, aren't there a number of ways you can kicker. typically sort something by? 
sure. at the very six, end of the story, six, four, five, it says, <laughs> this study was presented at a medical conference. The findings should be considered preliminary as they have not yet undergone the peer review process. In which outside experts scrutinized the data prior to publication in a medical journal. So it's not even published information. It hasn't even gone through peer review yet. And hence, it is not worth your time or mine or any of our listeners' time. Right. And moving on. So the thing is, (laughs) yep, yep, it's amazing. And there's there's the other one. We'll do this one really quick. But uh, uh, did you see this? A mom is arrested after her toddler fell from a window. Was she stoned? Man, it's just crazy bad. Hartford police say a toddler fell from a third floor apartment as his mother allegedly smoked marijuana. It happened to Eric. So she was on pot when it happened. So she was she was negligent and irresponsible for letting that happen. I mean, it may still have been an accident, but it was really irresponsible for a mother, you know, to watch a a, a toddler. How obviously. old specifically was this child? You know, um, two to four, two years old. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. This happened Sunday. A two-year-old boy fell from uh, playing near an open window. The did he window live? didn't have a screen on it. Yeah, he did. He did. He got messed up some. It said uh, the unidentified child, he suffered a bruised liver, a fracture oh, to wow. his right arm, and face facial lacerations <sighs> as well. And um, she was charged with risk of injury to a minor, marijuana possession, and possession of marijuana with, within 1,500 feet of a school which is probably a, a beefy charge, I bet. But uh, the point is, what in the world did that have to do with the, the tragic you know, results well, from her responsibility? According to science, stoners should only have one-story houses or apartment <laughs> buildings. <laughs> I mean, it's just good science. Right. So, um, Go for the ranch. Yeah. Uh, if you puff tough, buy a ranch. <laughs> 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 oh, poor kid. See, I'm, I, I think yeah, this horrible. is it's horrible. I have a two year old, and um, yeah, I would that would be that'd be, be horrifying. Tragic. Yeah, totally. Oh my gosh, so our heart goes out to the, the, the lady that was you know in her house, but I mean, she could have been she was reading a book when her toddler fell out a window, she was mowing on some serious donuts. <laughs> It's like what? I don't know, a, a million, infinite amount of things she could have been doing. Right. She was apparently so on a joint, though, is what she was on. She was on yeah. a joint. She did a she joint. She did one. Yeah. She did a joint before that happened, <laughs> she did. and she was on pot. And um, things just go go all out of whack when when those combinations of things occur. Right. 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 Um, Big Sky News. This one's huge. Crazy. Yeah, it's funny stuff. Uh, The Montana board uh, banned video exams for medical marijuana. I didn't know this actually, but uh, they were. (laughs) The board said Friday that uh, medical doctors must conduct hands-on physical examinations before signing off on someone receiving medical marijuana. Evidently, they were doing these things over Skype. Skype. Oh yeah. (laughs) They were skyping it in. They were going. (laughs) (laughs) Doctor. Really hurts, really bad. That's how Kiefer Northerland gets his script every year. Uh huh. On Skype. I mean, that would be pretty easy to. That's just, just. But I mean, right? Doesn't isn't marijuana good for like hundreds of common ailments? And shouldn't you be no, able actually, to? Actually, when I think about it, after the first visit, I think they should be a hands-on visit because it's physiological. It's medical. You can't know unless you're actually examining them with your hands. And and once you do that, I think you can check in. You know, like the what is it yearly after that you check in? 
Well, it's not all. It's, I mean, uh, it doesn't. You don't have to have a like. If I can't sleep at night, mm-hmm. you know, do do uh, is, uh, does the doctor have yeah, to put means, his hands on me? You know, to to yeah, good point. To good prescribe point. me Ambien. I don't know. Does he, Matt? <laughs> well, I sure. I hope think not. your doctor just likes to put his hands on you. Uh, the TSA likes to put their hands on me. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Did I tell you guys that story? No. Oh yeah. Go through the airport. Going through Chicago, they wanted me to walk through that that machine of theirs. The naked thing. The naked body scanner. Yeah. Whoa. Oh god. But you know, you know, the thing about that thing is. It totally it it irradiates you. It's a it's an X ray. That's nuts. Yeah. So I I told him I didn't want to walk through it because I didn't think it was safe. And so she got on her she got on her CB thing or her walkie talkie. Right. She said, "We got a male opt out here. Tiny penis. <laughs> Tiny penis. Is that, oh, is that you think that's what they think? Like this guy, know, this guy doesn't want to go through the thing. He's got a small dick. He doesn't want us to see it. Uh-oh. Oh no. No, it's called cancer. No. Yeah. I, no, I'd, I'd prefer right. not to have the uh, gamma rays. Did they need you to body. explain? Your, did they require an explanation? No. I, I mean, I I casually Keep said uh, I don't trust that thing. Yeah. And I just uh, want to keep my penis healthy. She seemed a, <laughs> she seemed a little irritated that uh, I was taking and honestly I shut down that whole line uh, like if if everyone there is there's a there's an opt out day the day before Thanksgiving this what's it Wednesday so if anyone's flying they should they should opt out of the body scanner this Wednesday. What's the story? You know the story behind who makes the money. Oh yeah, so so this guy. It's a little off topic here, but Michael Chertoff. You guys know him. Yes, the douche the, that did former head of the, Homeland Security. Right. Um, under Bush, the first head of Homeland Security, I believe. He is head of the consulting company that's responsible for selling these body scanners. It's great how things like that work out. And it costs millions of dollars to install, and then God knows what the the maintenance contracts are in these things. And they irradiate everyone, including the the poor TSA bastards who have to sit there and... It's really scary for like pregnant women and things. For sure, yeah. If you do not walk through these things, they're not safe. And if if if, if enough people protest, they will get rid of them. Mm-hmm. That, that's my two cents yeah. right there. Yeah, I didn't and even think about TA, pregnant women. All those TSA workers out there, God forbid, we hope you don't get sick. You know, they, they will. Do, you know exactly who to sue. They will not allow the TSA workers to wear uh, those little radiation badges. I forget what they call them, but uh, to, really. Yeah, they will not. They will not allow TSA workers to wear them and detect how much radiation they're being exposed to. Oh, these are going to be. Where's great. the ACLU all over this? Yeah, lawsuit, lawsuit, lawsuit. Yeah. Well, you're, you're an attorney that, and you need some work. Here's TSA is probably going to unionize over it. Over this issue altogether, I guess. Yeah, really. And well, the pilots and the the flight attendants are raising all hell. Oh, because they 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 don't want to walk. Okay, so why does a pilot have to go through the security? He's he's flying the plane and he has a gun in the cockpit. You don't trust him anymore than that. (laughs) Don't get on the plane. Should be driving. (laughs) (laughs) They just like looking at his penis. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, there's a lot that can be said for that. Right. Well, and you know Janet Napolitano. She's a big proponent of these things she i forget what she does but she's she will not walk through the thing she did a big demo and a big huge hurrah but she would not walk through the thing and you know why why she doesn't want her picture on file she doesn't want the federal government having a picture of her skeleton it's not even a skeleton you got it it's it's your body it's not your skeleton it's your body it's naked body yeah Mm -hmm. like camel toe and everything right got it Whoa. Jeez, dude, and it's like the like the picture. I mean, like it shows a real like r- X-ray form. Do they of have the- those here in McKinleyville? No, okay. no, no, no. They're only in the big airports now. But you <laughs> mark my words: if if they go, if if the people do not reject them in the airports, they will go into 
stadiums. They'll go into eventually oh, probably schools. Stuff. Like, yeah, it's 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 crazy. Stand yeah, up to these things, cool. people. Do we have any information mm. on what kind of like what wavelength and of radiation? You know, okay, so, like, so what exactly is the so <laughs> we're way off topic okay. now. I know, it's, I'm it's, curious. It's interesting. But okay, it's so interesting, though. especially to all of the people listening to the show, that- there is there is a federal or it's not a federal; it's an ANSI standard for what is an acceptable level of radiation mm-hmm. for uh, equipment to emit, right? Right. And mm-hmm. when asked, all of these kind of Rapiscan is the big one. When asked, they say. Uh, um, our, our machines emit radiation, and there is a uh, an ANSI standard to the uh, the limit of uh, radiation these machine or machines should emit. However, n- nowhere do they should actually be. state that their machines comply to this ANSI standard, and it's not a, a requirement. Oh, so like evil! It yeah, is. It's hard. totally manipulation. And these things, Dude. I in fact, if anyone can get one of these. Uh, is it a dosimeter? Is that yeah, a dosimeter? Uh-huh. And are are have enough balls to walk through one of these machines? I I would encourage them to do so. And do you go it, through the metal the metal detector? I think I might do that just to show machine? off. I, no, I think the machine is is the metal detector and well, the, the scanner. Or okay, but it's cause I could I could see them yes. taking off the uh, the radiation indicator before you even got to that thing. If it's there's a metal detector beforehand. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. they might not. They might have a checkpoint for that even. You know. Yeah. Well. It's like a credit card or anything else. Yeah, you just oh. put it in your pocket. Oh. Or whatever. We should start selling these at airports right. along with the little scratches of cards. <laughs> well, enough. Enough on the. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the paranoid body scanner <laughs> radiation <laughs> evil TSA thing. It's amazing. When did that happen? Just recently. I I, wow, I was just thinking about that just in the last two days in chicago definitely opting out three on the way on the way back from halloween in chicago was was the first time i've I've ever been asked to walk through one you think that cannabis has anything to do with their no 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 these things are being installed so that this company rapiscan can make a large profit and that's that's it that's the bottom line not really bombs oh you know what else really really sucks not being able to get my doc wreck through skype come on that sucks mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not happy about that personally I I, I I get what you're saying jamie but i think that marijuana is such a well cogs had a great point though i mean a lot of a lot of reasons you would get a 215 or get you know <laughs> a recommendation um don't require actually hands-on just most of the physiological ailments like my back thing it, uh, it would be foolish for them not to check me out. But, you know, I had my establishment doctors do that same thing. They'd be like, you have to come in. It's a mandatory visit. You're, you're scheduled for this. You can't miss it. And Whoa. I'd go in there, and they didn't even touch me. They're sitting in a chair, and I go, okay, spin around. Okay, have a great day. How you feeling? See you later. And that was it. Well, I've been going to my doc for three years, and finally last year I have I disloc I've dislocated my shoulder several times and separated all the time. And he starts tugging on my damn shoulder, my arms. I'm like, dude, that hurts. What you've been giving me a wreck for two years, and now you change ownership and you've got a new boss, and you want to start pulling on my extremities? I don't think so. It's like, I don't want to be. I mean, you know, I, there are people that don't want to be physically examined. When I go to get examined, I go to, like you're saying to my regular my primary physician or to a specialist um i don't know i don't know oh you know i never thought about that part i was just assuming that it would be with your doctor 
You're right. You, so you go to a strange doctor you don't know. Well, that's, that's just a 215 doctor. Okay. And so now maybe that's the diff. Maybe that's where we've been a train wreck in California by implementing that system and not saying, no, there, there can't be doctors that just give you recommendations. You need to go to your primary, primary physician or whatever. I don't, I don't know. You know, I mean, um, personally, I think cannabis is safe enough to not even need a recommendation. So I think right. that needing a recommendation is still an incremental step towards, um, you know, lettuce. But um, so as long as we're having to deal with this, that's very incremental. Sure. Hey, <laughs> Small I, I've heard out. This is just off. This is on the on the topic, but off the topic as we move into the southern stoners um, in California. Now you can get a lifetime wreck. You guys heard about this? Yeah. What? Uh huh. I will share more when I find out. I think a number of people from early on they got doctor's recommendations. Got them. They they did not put expiration dates on them, and they are there for a lifetime. But I don't think there has to be any because some doctors make you come every six months, some every. Mm -hmm. I don't think that. No, yeah, there does not have to be an expiration date. So you can get a lifetime wreck. Uh huh. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh huh. Date, you have to have been seen by your primary care physician within a year to huh? refill that prescription, regardless of what it is. I'm, I'm just talking That's prescriptions. Oh, oh like, for prescriptions. Precisely. Right. Oh, okay. You have to check okay. in to make sure everything's going Right. Well, they only tell you, like, each time they write it, they say it has this many refills. <laughs> And, and it's then, usually a year worth, and then you have to be re-examined. That's like the end. That's the law for prescriptions. But this is not what we're talking about. Is not prescriptions. There, it's a recommendation. Precisely. Mm, right for use of cannabis. Right. Which we've talked about before in the past. Should cannabis be more of an over-the-counter drug or more of a prescribed medication? Um, you know, I don't know. I personally feel like it's more over-the-counter, um, but uh, you know, I could see I could see both sides of the story. Texas, don't mess with them, especially if you Texas. smoke weed. <laughs> they will. They'll mess with you. They mess with everybody down there. If you, especially if you smoke weed, it appears. Um, we we featured this story, and you'll definitely want to go on to um, the Cannabis Agenda site under our what is this episode thirty nine thirty nine. Uh, check out the the MP three audio that's connected to this story. And uh, it's a pretty lengthy story, actually, so you might want to take a look at it and read through it. And but, in general, you can yeah. check out all of our notes and click on all of our stories mm-hmm. from the from those from the home from our page. You can go to the show and anything we're talking about. You can click to the show that we're or to the story we're referring to for anything. So check it out. Absolutely. In this time, in this case, we have an MP3 um, uh, clip that's put up there. It's Laura Burks doing an interview with Texas Public Radio. Jamie, did you want to? Did you want to hear any of this? Um. Can we fit that in? Um, I don't know I'm, how long it is. Yeah, I, I have it queued, but uh, it is, I mean, the whole thing is 25 minutes. I don't know how much of it you want to play. Whoa. Um, yeah, let's let's check out about five minutes. You okay. just tell me when to cut it. Okay. From KSTX News and Texas Public Radio, this is The Source. Laura Burke from the Texas Observer is here to share her story about a paralyzed East Texas man who uses marijuana to treat pain caused by his condition. We'll also discuss the possibility of medical marijuana in a state that imposes some of the harshest criminal penalties for using the drug. That's coming up on The Source. First, this news. Some funky The Source is made possible in part by a grant from the Gladys and Ralph Lazarus Foundation. Welcome to The Source. I'm Terry Gilday. Marijuana is a drug that is still illegal to possess in the U.S., but more than a dozen states have effectively decriminalized its use for individuals suffering from a number of illnesses. 
California has the oldest and perhaps most open medical marijuana laws on the books. Even though a state referendum to legalize the drug for recreational use failed in the last election, many advocates for medical marijuana point to California's program as a system that works. In Texas, however, access to marijuana for severely ill people is non-existent. Officials in the Lone Star State consider any use or possession of marijuana a violation of the law, and Texas has some of the harshest penalties of any state. Just after being elected to a third term as governor this month, Rick Perry told NPR's Steve Inskeep in an interview on Morning Edition that in essence he would not support medical marijuana legislation while he was in office. But what about severely ill individuals in Texas who could benefit from the medicinal properties of cannabis? Chris Kane is one of those people. He lives in the East Texas town of Kuntz and suffers from debilitating muscle spasms related to a spinal cord injury. He uses marijuana to deal with his symptoms, but is under constant threat of arrest from Hardin County law enforcement. Laura Burke's article, Threat to Society, is a profile of Chris and appears in the November 12th issue of the Texas Observer. She's a contributing writer for the magazine. Laura, welcome to The Source. Thank you. So who is Chris Kane and how does marijuana help him manage his condition? Chris Kane was a 41-year-old man. He was in an accident back when he was 16 years old. He was on a school canoe trip, and he dove into a pool of shallow water. And um, as a result, he became paralyzed from the waist down, and he also lost movement in his arms and his hands. Um, He does have some mobility there, but very little. So... A day in the life for Chris Kane is is a challenge. Um, or I mean, imagine being paralyzed to that degree. He is confined to a wheelchair, and he experiences, um, as a result of his injury, experiences severe muscle spasms. He says that it would be easier for him if he had no feeling, um, but he has some feeling in his body, and this causes these these fits for him, um, in which he will actually, if he's laying down, he will actually um, throw himself off the bed. This is how severe these muscle spasms can be. So for years, his mother actually had to get up five or six times a night to go and care for him, in some cases, sitting on top of his legs so that he would not fly off of the bed. So this is kind of the reality that he deals with. After his injury, though, he was able to actually graduate valedictorian of his high school. This was after he was 16 and went through rehab. He graduated valedictorian of his high school. And then he went on to pursue a computer engineering degree at Lamar University. And after graduating from from Lamar University, he started his own internet consulting business. And he designs websites and software for, for his business. And that's been... Um, what he says, he, a big reason he's able to do that is because of marijuana. He tried using many different drugs. Um, he, his doctor prescribed him uh, muscle relaxers and prescription medications for pain, but he says that those drugs had debilitating side effects like rapid heart rate, shortened breathing, and feeling so sedated that he says he felt like a drooling idiot. Those are his words. So he was not able to work after taking these drugs. And so that was a real challenge for him and for his family because he was dependent on his family when he took those drugs. So smoking marijuana helps relax his muscle spasms but doesn't mentally incapacitate him to the point where he can't function. When did he start smoking pot to treat his condition? 
He discovered it um, when he was in college. So he was in his early 20s when he first started using it. And um, he says that it was kind of miraculous to see how it it actually impacted him. And he went from um, really struggling with these drugs and with his spasms to being able to smoke marijuana and have them virtually go away. He says he'll still have very mild spasms, but he can smoke marijuana and then his muscles will be relaxed for three or four hours afterwards. So Chris lives in Coons, a small East Texas town in Hardin County, where the local sheriff has a tough-on-crime policy, especially when it comes to illegal drugs. I understand law enforcement have been cracking down on Chris's marijuana use for, for quite some time. His problems with Hardin County law enforcement began back in 1999, and this was around the time that the sheriff who is in power now was elected. So um, Sheriff Ed Kane um, was elected I think it was 13 years ago. And um, around that time was when some sheriff's deputies first showed up at his house and said they had heard that some marijuana had been smoked at his place. And they just wanted to have a look around, and he he let them in. They did not find any marijuana, but they did find a pipe, and they <gasps> gave him a paraphernalia charge. Cut it. Ah, uh, whoa. So mm. the cops showed up. Hey. That would be so a it goes funny a little, that's a little bit about who he is, though. I'm glad yeah. we could run that clip. But uh, we, uh, it goes on to say that these cops, they just keep harassing him to death, man. They just keep going uh, to his house and that's searches what, me. That's what I wanted to talk about. Um, a cop shows up at my house and is like, hey, so I've heard this guy. that marijuana that has been smoked here before. We want to yeah, take we, a look around. Uh, yeah, what's up uh, with that? Uh, are you kidding me? Like, how is that? Um. I'd be like, I'd be like, so what? Right. (laughs) Um, Get out of here. You're on my property. Right. Yeah. And that's Texas too, man. I think you could probably do that pretty well. (laughs) That's ridiculous. (laughs) Poor guy. He gets a, I, 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 for what he's been through and what he's uh, done, sounds like a very successful functional stoner to me. No shit. Um, We should give him a ding for sure. He definitely needs a ding. Um, Yeah. And, uh. There but it he is. needs to look out and help this dude, dude. Too, he's Texas. doing all right. He was so sick at one point. He was out of his wheelchair, bedridden, and under direct physician care. And the cops came and they said, "Well, we're not going to take you in right now. But as soon as you get back in your chair, you need to turn yourself in because you're a criminal. Because yeah, yeah. So you know you're kind of having a really rough go of it. Gosh, as you if you survive this bout, then." You know, come down to jail and we're going to lock you up. All right. Okay. Take care. It sucks <laughs> that he can feel those spasms. That he ha- I mean, that's, that's. Yeah, man. I have a certain mild, uh, I have that. That's part of what I, what I have. That's what, that's what I had going on too. Spasms. You know, when I just had Sometimes my back thing. <sighs> spasms are gnarly, dude. Especially when they're, they're <laughs> in the wrong spot on the spine. I mean, it, if you, you dude, it literally feels like you're getting kicked in the nuts sometimes. It's not, mm-hmm. not yeah, good. Yeah, can be, certainly be very debilitating. Very debilitating. I mean, I couldn't move for days. I, I you know, that would that would be tough. That really sucks. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you, first person cannabis definitely very much helps that condition. Definitely, it's all I had when I threw my back out at first, and I am so thankful I had it because godsend. Yeah, it's amazing. And then I got those antispasmatics, and those things had me weirded out for weeks. Yeah, man, dude. they told me it's not going to happen. They said. 
patient hates it's in my medical records patient hates pharmaceuticals <laughs> and i saw that and i was like instead of protesting it i was like good i'm glad that's in there i'm glad you made the note of that because i do mostly i mean i have a problem with it i don't it's every single time i've been on so many different combinations of pharmaceuticals to treat my back condition and uh the last time I was like, I don't want this. When they, when I noticed that in the records, I said, I, I, I don't want these things, man. I really don't want them. And they're like, why not? And I go, because it makes me all blurred out. I get all, ugh, it makes me googly, man. I just can't do that. I'm this like drooling idiot. And uh, they're like, these won't do that. And I'm like, every single time they always tell me these won't do that. But at that particular time, it was, uh, what was it? It was tramadol and Neurontin and some other one. And it was all mixed together. And it was nasty, man. My friends were looking in my face. And I could barely hear them. <laughs> and uh, I could see them kind of hazily. And they're like, what's going on? It sounded kind of hollow, you know. Are you all right, man? <laughs> and I was, they thought I was having a stroke. And uh, I realized at that point that they were really, like, wigging me. And I was like, I want to get away from this stuff. I can't, I can't tolerate this crap. And uh, that's when they started doing that. And they're like, are you okay? <laughs> And I go, it's the, I go, it's the medicine. I was all wasted. And they go, I'd stop taking that right away. You know, and I was like, I already have. It's just going to take a while for this shit to get out of my system. And after it did, I never took Farmies after that. That's it. Ever again, man. That's it. That's BS. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, they not only didn't tell me that was going to happen or was likely to happen or anything had a potential to happen, but they told me it wouldn't, it wouldn't do that to me. And I'm like, well, why do I keep needing to go to those people and trust them that much when they're not worthy of my trust or they're not behaving in a way that's worthy of my trust? Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's like that. No, 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 no. You can't guarantee that, 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 that you'll have those same effects again. So even though they, they, they are potential side effects, you should try it anyway, even though you don't like right. that. Right. Because, it's, right. because you know, because you They can't. sold it and I took it and it, ugh, it blawed me out, man. <laughs> that was it for me but uh it's yeah. weird doctors do that all the time i've been having that issue with uh giving my son um, um vaccinations it's like i make up my mind of what i want to do before i go in there because i don't like vaccinating him on the schedule that that they recommend and then they convince me to do more while i'm there and i'm like and then i leave and i feel like a total chump and i feel i'm, I'm confused as to why how how doctors do that? Why don't they just you know? Yeah. I, don't, I don't. Yeah, know. I know some people that don't vaccinate. They're against it. Oh, they're like, sure, like assertively anti-vaccination. And they're like, no, you don't, man. You're not shooting my kid up with who knows what. It's not happening. But I mean, no, it's with, no. it happens with drugs too, right? The drugs mm-hmm. they give you, the medication they give you, et cetera, et cetera. Definitely put Shot. it puts you. I mean, they, they do it for all sorts of other stuff. So. No. Hasn't it been proven that mercury is causing higher incidence of uh, autism in children? Don't sure. they put mercury in vaccinations? Isn't that right? I don't I know. So. I don't I think, think it's. I don't know things. that it's been proven, but it's a theory that they're. I, I don't know the, how they're testing it, but well, there's been a direct increase, a direct increase in rates of autism after the. F- those first initial rounds of vaccinations. There's a seen. good book by Dr. Sears, who's one of the doctors, and uh, mm-hmm. it, pu- it puts a if you know for anybody that's interested in this, it put it does it it lays out a lot of that stuff in there. There has been, but there's also so many other correlations. I mean, we define so many new things as autism now as well. So, but still, I'm freaked out about it, but feel like my I mean, feel like my son should be 
immunized against certain things and at a certain pace. But at this point, they'd want my two-year-old son to have like 15 shots or something like that. Instead, he's had like five. But um, yeah, I don't know. In general, I feel like doctors do this over and over. You're not comfortable with something. And no matter what, they kind of convince you that you're, you should be comfortable. And then often you're like, dude, I wasn't comfortable and that sucked. And they convinced me that I should be comfortable with it. And it happens over and over again with doctors. And, and I just really don't like how that, how our medical system like works in that way. You know, my, uh, my live audience is totally in agreement with you. Yeah. There's, there's definitely no too. collaboration. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Can you repeat that, Jamie? We can't. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. It's okay. Did, did, did you did you lose me? I faded out there. We're having a conversation about that. That was intriguing. What What did he say? We can't We can't hear what he said. Well, they can't hear you. Um. Yeah. This is, it's, I, I, I don't know. Just doctors always make me feel uncomfortable in that way. And um, they do, man. I don't think they're trustworthy. It's weird. They're supposed to be like the person you trust the most. At least one of them, one of the most trustworthy people in your life should be your physician, your personal physician. Yeah. It's not your physician. It's not your wife. It's probably <laughs> not your attorney, but yeah, one right. more reason yeah. why we need to be our own health advocates. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Strawberry. That's <laughs> Strawberry cough is back. She's back. So, Matt, what's going on with Cincy stocks? Oh yeah, well, Jamie actually picked the story up, but I, I, I oh, happen yeah. I happen to catch it this week. Um, right. you know, we've talked about Weed Maps, WeedMaps dot com, sure. And uh, we had our buddy um, Scott Scott on, yeah, from Leafly, who's uh, somewhat connected. They affiliate. Yep. We, Weed Maps uses the Leafly API. Yeah. Yeah, that's very technical. Good job. Yeah, thank you. Good job. Thank nice. you very much. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> uh, company, um, do you remember what they were originally called, Jamie? Uh, L- uh, LC Luxuries Limited. Yes. And I've only I've only heard about them recently. LLUX uh, on the stock market. They're on. They're they're also a pink sheet, which means it's probably highly volatile, and uh, you'll probably lose all your money if you invest in them. Um, so far, <laughs> they they renamed themselves General Cannabis Inc. Um, and uh, roughly about the same time, acquired Weed Maps. Mm-hmm. So this is this is definitely a new player in in big cannabis. Um, yeah, it's big news. They're not they're moving. Yeah, General Cannabis Inc. Someone to follow mm. for sure. Interesting. You know, I think it's going to be like an Apple commodity. They're going to wait till 2012 when like five states legalize it, and then it's going to go crazy. Yeah, you can. It's like four bucks a share right now. Who knows? Mm. How much your shares were what? You know, they're, they're, we talk, when we talked about them last, they, it was right after the election, and they had crashed hard. Right. And they've since stabilized a little. I think I'm, I'm down uh, overall right now. And how much are they worth a share? Uh, oh, we're talking less than $0.10 cents yeah. on these ones. These are, but uh, this, this General Cannabis Inc. is a $4 company. You know, <laughs> also off topic, it really doesn't matter what the share price of the company is. It matters what the share price times the number of shares outstanding is. Sure, that's the whole va- the total value. Yeah, the market capitalization. Because you, you, you don't have to sell the same amount of shares as the right. company next door. You exactly. sell your own amount and at your own price, and that's how it starts, right? Exactly. And, and a company can split or do a reverse split at any time. And make every share worth half a share or two shares, but worth, you know, conversely, uh, double or half the value. You know, so if, if there are a million shares outstanding worth a dollar, the company can say, no, we want to make their two million shares outstanding worth 50 cents. 
Right. So, you know, if you have 10 shares, now you have 20 and they're worth, uh, you know, the same amount basically in total. Does that make sense? It makes mm-hmm. sense. It's a split. You know, everyone's happy on a split, but it doesn't really, it doesn't change anything. It makes sense to me about as much as the whole stock the market whole stock, in general. Yeah, it's, makes crazy. Sense. it's crazy. I'm good with numbers and gambling. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. You should, you should try your hand then. <laughs> Michigan. Oh, Michigan. We got a Michiganite in the house too. If that's what they're called. We do. Yeah. Mich- Michigander. Michigander. Is that what we decided? <laughs> hey, are you guys Michigan, Michigan Knights or Michiganders? Michigander. Michigander. Nice. <laughs> that just, I can totally picture a Michigander on the lake ice fishing. Ice fishing. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's what we eat. What's going on with teachers in Michigan? Yeah, this one from East Lansing. A policy which prevents registered medical cannabis patients from using or possessing their medicine while at Michigan State University is coming under some fire recently. People are kind of pissed. In a web briefing called uh, Frequently Asked Questions on the MSU website, the policy is outlined as such. It says, three, does the act change university policy regarding drug use or possession on campus? And their answer is, no, university policies have not changed. Students and employees may not use or possess marijuana on campus. This is true whether the marijuana is smoked or ingested through other means, like high cream, for example. Uh, Michigan State University is subject to the Drug-Free Workplace Act of 1988 and the Drug-Free Schools and Communities Act Amendment of 1989. So consistent with those laws, it goes on to say the MSU drug and alcohol policy prohibits unlawful manufacture, distribution, dispensation, uh, possession, or use of controlled substances, illicit drugs and alcohol, or any property governed by the Board of Trustees, and blah, blah, blah. And you probably get the rest of that. On campus. Is that the deal? On campus. So So, ultimately what they're saying is if you have, I guess if you have Oxycontin because your doctor told you to, you can, that's not an issue. But But if you get caught pot. If you have cannabis, then you you can't use your medicine. And they can kick you out of school or or penalize you Um, in school. You know what? I don't know about the penalties, but yeah, I would imagine that there would be some stiff things because you're, you're breaking one of their kind of laws. So... I mean, that's the huge major policy that they've adopted. I think that's a thing in California, too. A lot of the schools don't allow it on campus if you get caught with it in the dorms, mm-hmm. but you have 215 or whatever, you can still be punished by the school. However, if they try to arrest you and put you through the court system, you then go to the county and it doesn't work out. Like you don't, you know, you don't get in trouble if you have your 215, but you can still be punished by the school. But I don't think anybody's sued a school yet. So, um, right. for being punished, but, uh, so there's there's some like more. Mino uh, from the Marijuana Policy Project said this. He said it would be contemptible for the university to arrest students simply for possessing a potentially life saving medicine on school grounds. MSU off- officials have no more reason to d- discriminate against a student who legally possesses marijuana than they do a student who has a legal prescription for Adderall or antidepressants. End quote. Which I think he just summed it up. Amphetamines are good, according to science. Yeah, yeah amphetamines good, pot bad. Right, that's what science says. Right. They dropped the ball again. Oh, are they dropping the ball in Michigan? I mean, in Colorado, are they gonna are they gonna do some huge, huge? I don't know. It depends on what side of the fence you're uh, defending here. It looks like there's some turmoil brewing, a little brouhaha. Um, the Denver Post says that warehouse space for growing medical marijuana may spark a battle over neighborhood's future. 
Whereas developers and uh, neighborhood leaders in Denver, they uh, fear that this a push for warehouse space for medical marijuana operations is going to stall their efforts to turn industrial areas into trendy urban and art districts and lofts and all that stuff. Because pot and trendiness and art don't go together Don't go together, I guess. Those are like the biggest stoners of anybody. Yeah, anything but, uh, but art, please. No art. Just, no thank you. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, there's no way that that'll work out. <laughs> uh, so they're trying to, so these businesses are trying to get warehouse space is that what's going on yeah and they say that this the surge in these grow operations is going to reverse a decade of work that they they've done that aimed at transforming the blighted areas into uh walkable pockets of new urbanism they called it which you know how this works rich people go in and they get stuff for dirt cheap and they make it some high rent thing and make a ton of money off of it and then say stuff like this in the media i guess as they're getting stoned yeah, as they're making, raking in cash. And getting stoned. Yeah. And getting stoned. Jeez. That's, yeah. Okay, so this I thought this was going to be, I was thinking this was a story over like them doing things similar to Oakland style. Huge. Yeah, I think that's what it is. They're, uh, they're starting to, they're getting, they're going to get big warehouses there. I'm pretty sure. Uh, from, from what I take from this thing. Uh, I don't like factory farming marijuana. No. So I don't know. Good thing or not, I don't. I agree with yeah, you. I think I don't really care for that much. I, I, it's just. I mean, Although you know, I'd love to have a, a warehouse full of weed. <laughs> I don't think that I want warehouse growing. In the well, weed. as long as it's mine, I mean, that's cool. But <laughs> you know, if it's anyone else's, it sucks. And um, I mean, basically, like you know, what Jay was just talking about a little while ago is like up here we'll do 500 acres of that. It's almost weird because wow. I talk about lettuce, and I sure as hell would let anyone grow 500 acres of lettuce if they wanted to. But when yep. it gets there to talking go. about 500 acres of pot, all I'm thinking is, <gasps> no, you'll you'll take over the whole industry, and then there'll be nothing for the common people already involved in this movement. <laughs> and um, that's kind it's a true of field it, of dreams, man. How many acres of of cannabis? 500s. What he said. I'm like. Damn, hundred acres. That is a field of green and a half. Yeah, that sounds really cool. If it's mine, get like a blanket and a cool, like a cool comforter and a big pillow, and like go right in the middle of the field and sleep there. Be awesome. Then you can just do like they did back in ancient times, where like people just ran through the fields of buds and got resin all over them, and then they went back to their together and danced together and cleaned the hash off of each other. Actually, it didn't. It didn't really happen that way. It's totally a, a myth. Yeah, you could check check out our books on our book list in there. That's a history, came out of a history book that I read. So, yep, yep, yep. What's going on with the medical marijuana burglary? You got one caught. Isn't every? Is this a Rocky Mountain story too? Isn't everything on it tape is. in in Colorado? Isn't that what they want? It is. Now. <laughs> yeah, they do eventually. Let's listen to this deal. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like thieves in the night. But not so sneaky. These three dressed in black scurry to get away from what they realize are police flashlights, spotting their every move as they try to make an escape. I'm a full believer in justice and karma. Dispensary employee Megan Swain says around 2 a.m. the crooks kicked in the back door. At some point, they changed into all black clothing and then tried to find the goods, which were all locked up anyway. When they got to the front room, they tried to kick out the front door, but soon realized they were being watched and the police were already outside. 
The trio then tried to go back the way they came, busting open the inside door as one of the three decides the small window was best, but to no avail. Officers were waiting for them out back. Swain says it's definitely a case of the right place, right time, and she's glad these officers were already Already oh. something. Already, already prepared to arrest burglar burglars. Already drunk. <laughs> they, um, yeah, that was that was pretty much not worth much of our time. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, it should have been up there a little ways. Huh? Midwest melee. That's worth our time, especially in your yeah, world, this Jamie. Is absolutely worth our time, and I'm hugely excited about this one. I just went to the Capitol last week. Um, spent most of the day there. I went to the. Um, the gallery in the house, or, or if you have not been to Springfield, Illinois, by the way, um, regardless if you're an international listener, probably especially, but uh, anybody that hears this, um, it's worth stopping by because our capital is fantastic, man. It's really, really cool. And uh, the home of Abraham, Lin- Abraham Lincoln is Whatever, here, he's so. from Kentucky. There's some cool stuff. Yeah, he really is, isn't he? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Keep on like, claiming, uh, but he's from Kentucky. Kind of like Chris Columbus Day. It's all like... Doesn't reflect history. But anywho, um, on the topic of, of medical cannabis legislation here in Illinois, uh, I went down and I was in the gallery. I, I went down to send uh, Lou Lang. Representative Lou Lang is the House sponsor for SB 1381, um, the pending legislation here in Illinois. <laughs> Excuse me. And uh, I went down there and it's kind of hectic. They, uh, they, you go to these usher dudes, like security looking guys. And then you tell them what you want to do or who you want to contact. And you write, I gave them a business card and I wrote on the back of it, will we be getting any attention for this bill today? And uh, I sent it in there. But it's kind of like you hang out and there's a bunch of people hanging out waiting for their representatives to come out and discuss whatever issue they're there for. And uh, so it's really boring. And I said, man, send him this. And it said, look up and to your right. And he goes, he read it and he goes, I'll give you a few seconds to give, get back up there. And I go, perfect. So I went up there and I sat down and he looked right up at me. And he pointed like, you want to go out there? He, he pointed like the wait a minute finger, like, hold on a second. And he went through some stuff and he got back and pointed out to the thing. And I went out and talked to him and he said two great things. He said he's, his strategy is to take this to a vote um, on the 30th, which is this. Oh, it's a week from this coming Tuesday um, day, which I will be there. I know it's a lot of other supporters will be there on that day. But he also promised Cannabis Agenda that he would give us an interview on the day of the vote, regardless of its outcome. So that's a cool thing, too. But um, we, we really need as much support as possible during the lead up to this vote because we're kind of iffy on having the solid amount we need to pass it. And uh, Illinois Normal urges supporters of the legislation to call your representative every day leading up to the vote and politely tell them, vote yes on SB 1381. Now, here's some details. By calling 217 217- 782-2000, you'll be connected to the Capitol switchboard and the operator will be able to direct your call to your state representative office in Springfield, which you just tell them, you know, where you're from and then they'll, they'll put you through to the right office. And additionally, Illinois Normal states that the Illinois General Assembly website offers live streaming of floor debates and votes for legislation in the House of Representatives. And that'd be the best way to stay up to date on when this bill will be called for a vote. Um, look for it on Tuesday, um, November 30th. And uh, yeah, we'll be watching that. It's cool. And oh, additionally, I wanted to point out while I was waiting for Representative Lang, um, out comes the senator. I don't know if you recall me uh, saying this on our show, but I have in previous episodes that uh, there's just, I've been adamant 
uh, or I mean, I've been I've been really dedicated to getting some change around here in Illinois for quite a few years. And about five years ago, I was talking to a particular senator, and he was absolutely adamant about it will never happen in the Midwest, never in the Midwest. And he came walking out, and I said, Senator, and he stopped. He goes, Well, how have you been? And and I I said, uh, I was just I have this a weekly audio program, and. We, I talked about you on there and told him about your adamant. You were so adamant about it'll never happen in Illinois. And I fought my, I used my best judgment and, uh, I didn't send him a fake crow in the mail. And I told him that story and he smiled and he goes, check it out, man. He goes, well, you know, I voted for SB 1381 on its way through. So there's this guy within three years time, a state Senator, by the way, that went from, it's never going to happen. Oh, he's the quote. He's the exact source of where that started. When, when his response to me was, look at California. It's a disaster. It's a train wreck or disaster. It's a train, yeah. We yeah. Don't, yeah. He said disaster. It's just okay. absolutely, uh, I don't know. He would use any expletive like kind of language he could to describe how bad it was in his sentiment. He was adamant about it. We won't, we, nobody wants that. That's what he said, told me. He goes, nobody wants that. They're never, it's never going to happen. And so then Michigan happened. And then I see him, and he voted for this. And he just said, uh, Hain, the Senate sponsor with this bill, he said it was the right person to, to sponsor this. So he voted for it. I don't know if he's Hain's friend or I don't know how that worked. But it's amazing how if you keep trying, you can get these very influential people, like uh, Senator Kaler is his name. Um, and, uh, yeah, change their minds, change their attitudes toward this stuff. Anyway, it's not such a train wreck after all. Speaking speaking of train wreck, I want to let everyone out there know that is a Cali strain arrived, and it, the commercial production has stopped on it. Please, somebody start producing that stuff. I missed the train wreck, man. It is one of the best, in my opinion, one of the best pot, one of the best uh, strains out there. And from Arcada, for, for me, it is the smell. It's like the pot smell to me. So. I'm bummed. It's that that our train wreck in California is not around anymore. But hopefully it'll come back. So that's episode number thirty nine. Thirty nine. Thirty nine people. We appreciate y'all being out there and uh, uh, participating yeah, in this our process. Facebook. Keep liking us on Facebook because it's growing. Did you notice that? Oh yeah, dude. Just now during the show, I think we added five people. Isn't that crazy? Whoa! Sick. Yeah, it's like they know cool. the day that it's going on. Yeah, even though they, yeah, and they're listening to. I hope you are listening. Yep. Uh huh. Yep. yep, and participating. Yeah, cannabis, cannabis planet, man. How many countries now? Do you have an- recent analytics? Mm. Uh, not offhand, no. Sorry. Mm. We'll have to check that for next show. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love that info. Yeah, you can get any. And speaking of info, our email info info at cannabisagenda.com. Your participation means the world to us. That's what this is all about. Without you, we will not. We wouldn't be here doing this. So um, mm. that's why. That's you know this this movement sure. is all about momentum, right, Jamie? Mm. Yep. Sean Staley. Shit. Tonga Ninja down in uh, New Zealand. Yeah. Lots the of- second biggest weed smokers next to the United States of America. Let's not forget Puna Bud. Puna. Puna Bud. Hawaii. Yeah. All, everyone oh, yeah. from Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. Lots yeah, of people all in the Wisconsin. Other tons of people. And yeah. in Colorado, we're growing now, too. Yeah. All over. Right, right, right. I, I saw we got followed by Marijuana Radio here recently. Oh, nice. Yeah. Are they listening? Hey, which one was know. it? Was it the fan from England that said, use tobacco? You know it. Oh yeah, and who said yuck? Backy. Don't do that. 
That was Tongan Tonga Ninja. Ninja from uh, New Zealand. Right yeah. yeah, yeah, dude. I'm going to the land of uh, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Smoke some tall super bud with Tongan Ninja as soon as I can <laughs> with, get enough with money. no tobacco, huh? <laughs> yeah, with none. Absolutely no tobacco. We're not cool. even going to stand down the street from a smoker. Right, right. Who be completely anti-tobacco. So speaking of all these people, uh, we mm. take some calls, yeah? Yeah, we, yeah. You know, any of you guys out there that want to talk uh, on the show, um, send us an email um, or just leave us a voicemail and then we'll set up a time to talk. We'd love to have our regular listeners and emailers and participants uh, on the show. So um, we can definitely make that happen. Our number is uh, 707-654-CAN, C-A-N-N, which is 2266, um, or email us at, at uh, uh, info at canvasagenda.com. We'd love to set that up. Any leads on stories in your area would be great as well because mm-hmm. uh, it's hard to scoop stuff sometimes. Sometimes when there are small stories and, and we, we're particularly inter- interested if you find a sophisticated grow operation going on in your area. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, hey, so. you know what? They're looking for them in, uh, in um, Avon and Somerset in England. Operation Viscount starts tomorrow. Uh, it's a new campaign on cannabis factories. Oh, let's report on that yeah. next week, huh? We sure will. Yeah, nice. Remember to take care of your scratch and sniff marijuana cards if you get one in the mail. <laughs> it's uh, it's a good, awesome. Yep, it's remember to, to to turn in all all if you if you if you know that there's growing going on, definitely tell the police out there. It's, uh, <laughs> oh my it's, gosh, it's a big Did deal. You tell them about iTunes iTunes, uh, I've told them before, but I'll tell them again. iTunes, you can search us, uh, Cannabis Agenda, The Cannabis Agenda, uh, um, under podcast. You can search for marijuana. You'll find us in the top page and yeah. cannabis click, to click right that away subscribe button subscribe then it's automatically available on your itunes and once leave it's reviews up. too leave reviews use the word marijuana if you can um and because uh, it'll help us on itunes um also we did mention facebook but check us out on twitter too still don't know what the point twitter really is i don't yeah. but um we're doing it anyway t- what do you call that twitting or tweeting tweeting i don't do whatever you call it yeah i don't tweet i'm a i'm a not a tweeter twitter can, tweeter a tweet or, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anywho. Hey, before we sign off, guys, because I think that's just about a wrap, is it not? Yeah, it is. Um, I want to take a second and thank Strawberry Cough for joining us and bringing her intellect to the conversation. Yes. Thank you so much, Strawberry Cough. We appreciate you being here today. Oh, well, sure. it was my pleasure, of course. Thanks for having me. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, dude. Um, and uh, your audience over there was great. Thank you so much. Our audience here was great, too. And all of you guys out there listening, you're awesome. Thank you so much. Until next time, peace and pot. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.